Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode 84 of Ruse Radio. We are back at it again with a very special guest. Special guest. <laughs> Could you please introduce yourself? How you guys doing? My name is Eugene. I've uh, lived in Flint for 30 years and uh, I'm a poet. You are a poet, man. So, okay, when I first met you, uh, I was at Tenacity Brewing, and I was at an open mic, and you performed, I can't remember if you went on before or after me. I believe it was right before me. After. It was after? It was after. All right, so there we go. And I just remember being really impressed with what you went, had to offer. Dude. I mean, like, <laughs> just the, the, the amount of, it, it was clear that you had put thought into your poetry. It was clear that you weren't writing it for the sake of, you know, oh, I want to be a poet, so I'm filling in the blanks. It's like you were writing it because you were passionate and you wanted to share something. And, and, and when I talked to you, I got the same exact vibe off of you. It's just you had so much to share, and that's... Did I just, for me, art is... It, it, it's, it's an avenue for me to put my thoughts into. So whenever I see other people that have that same affliction, <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank I need people much. like me out here to remind me that I'm not crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're, you're not crazy, man. I mean, you're crazy. We're all, we're we're the, crazy. We're we're all artists. crazy. We're artists. Well, yeah. Artists especially, I've noticed. <clears throat> Every artist has got uh, all kinds of crazy backing them up. It's just what makes them an artist. Crazy is as crazy does. Yes. Yes, it is. So, before the podcast, we were having a fantastic conversation. So, I think we should just dive back into kind of what we were talking about with... I mean, the, the title of this podcast is going to be Revolutionizing Poetry. So, we might as well just lay it out like this. I mean, Revolution. you had told me when you wanted to come on the show that you wanted to revolutionize poetry. You wanted to, you wanted to change it in the modern world. So, I guess just talk about that and, and how you think we could achieve that. I feel like... Um in this day and age, you know, when you can pull up porn on your phone yeah. in three seconds, you know, attention spans have dwindled. <laughs> and even though, you know, no one will ever say it better than Robert Frost, you know, uh, whose woods these are, I think I know, you know, the road less traveled by. I, it's just, you can't, I feel like you can't write like that anymore. Like, you can, but it's forgettable. It, it's been done no one no one this day and age can relate to it and i want to be relatable i want i want to be able to relate to to everyone yeah you know? that's a that's an interesting thought process there because if i go back and i read something like uh for example edgar Allan poe it's great but it's dense like, in the way that we speak now, to read it actually requires mind power because it's, I have to think about it in a different way than the way we use words now. Absolutely. It's written differently. Whereas when I approach my poetry, I'm thinking the same way in the sense that I'm more inspired by Dr. Seuss than Edgar Allan Poe. Like, I'm connecting words <laughs> in this short and sweet way to make it work for everybody in the way that we think in this modern age. I, I I think I do that. I think I really do. I've never been able to right. to to explain it, but I think that's exactly what's happening. It's like I'm utilizing the tool set that I have. Like these, this is the way we talk now. So and especially like so, we were saying beforehand about the stuff that we've written, and I, I was 
I, I don't know if you have any poetries off the top or any poems. Oh, absolutely. I didn't, you know what? I didn't even bring a notebook. I forgot to bring a notebook. <clears throat> a lot of my friends are impressed that I memorized my poems, but it's like, you know, once you've worked on a piece for so long, I, I absolutely have them memorized. <clears throat> and yeah, that's funny that you said Dr. Seuss. I mean, I do try to simplify pieces, but it's like, who's to say that you can't swear? Yeah. In a poem. Yeah. You know, so one of the first very interesting pieces I wrote, one of the first uh, <laughs> very complex piece I wrote is called Tribute to Fuck. <laughs> you know, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Well, wait, before you recite this, because yeah. I know you're getting, we're getting to it. Oh, I, 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 I want to hear because I heard, that's one of the, the first ones I heard from you. And I was, I, that, I loved that one. So I, I'm excited. But this is um, what I think this demonstrates what I'm talking about with the Dr. Seuss thing. So it's like, this is a poem I wrote. It's kind of meta. It's a poem about poetry. This is the idea. And I remember I wrote this in, this is a whole story that we'll get into, all right? But uh, I was in poetry class in high school. So I wrote this story oh, yeah. in poetry class. It was actually an assignment, but it was like a perfect fit for me. Here we go. <clears throat> yeah. I still, like, I stand by this one to this day. I can't wait. For me, it's more than sayings and connotations, what you can't say in everyday conversations. What you can't see, well, someone else might. Poetry's honest, not always right. Poetry's personal, a part of ourselves, a versatile art, apart from ourselves, an art with a spell, casted when written. It's not what I write, it's what's buried within it. Poetry's honest, not always right. What you can't see, someone else might. See, it's all perception, how you live life. The way that you see it, you may how you might. So while you can't write, our time is fleeting and poetry's permanent. Art will keep beating beyond the base encased in my breast. Poetry's permanent, honest, my best. That, that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. See, I love that. Like, uh, you, your style's different than mine. <laughs> I kind of go... I kind of approach like the old fashioned stanzas. Yeah. Because I, I want to keep that. And that's what I think um, I try to be relatable <laughs> uh, with. But I try to use the old fashioned stanzas because I feel like. like when you, when you say that, explain that to people who might not know how that. Because uh, I imagine a lot you know, of people uh, nowadays uh, okay. don't know what those are. For example,. Uh, uh, one of my favorite poems is Avier Kipling. Uh, by Avier Kipling, it's called "If." Mm -hmm. If you can, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can, <laughs> if you can keep the faith when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. You know, it's, it's so it's the beautiful. Rhythm of it. It's the rhythm, but, and it's still relatable. But I want to kind of say that but modernize it. So, yes, I love that rhythm. I love the ABAB stanzas, the ABC stanzas, or, you know, the AABB, you know, wh whatever. <laughs> I, I just kind of like, when I think about a topic, it just kind of comes to me, like, how it, it should sound. And when it's done, like, I kind of know yeah when it's done you know sometimes i question myself like is this piece done like does it need revision but i think all artists do that but that's what i mean by by stanzas the old-fashioned yeah. stanzas you know you're you know or or you know robert frost you know two roads lay in the woods and i 
I chose the one less traveled by. Well, people don't even realize the amount of thought that went into those stanzas and I, how you did. You were trying to fit a format. I mean, um, sure, we know haikus and some things like that nowadays, but that's really the extent of it. We don't realize that was the format for poetry for a long time. But I love it when love hearing artists that have other approaches you know they have their you know like uh to do the free verse that do because it's almost like i can't do that like i give myself this <clears throat> like i give myself this like almost goal this rule when i write like it has to rhyme and it has to be in the stanza and it has to like uh has to be like all realistic or something like you know depending on which piece like there's one piece where i talk about like all these uh very dangerous difficult things uh in comparison and uh i gave myself a rule that all these things have to be actual acts that people have performed yeah. you know things like that like well and um, some things like sometimes because so two things then that come to mind there. For one, I think that when it comes to revolutionizing poetry, you do want to break the rules. You do want to establish, but, but the only way you can break the rules is knowing what the rules are. There's a great quote, I think it's like Pablo, it's Pablo Picasso maybe, and it's just something like a great artist learns all the rules and then breaks them. It's something like that. And that's just the way that you do it. Definitely. You figure out how it works, and then you don't do it that way. And one thing I've realized as I'm writing don't is I will have the, the, the melody and the method <laughs> in my mind, and I'll tell myself, no, do something else. I'll actually go against my own intuition on purpose because I know that's going to break the rule that I've established in my mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. break your own I, rules. Even. I know what you mean. Like, yeah. I, I always think, like, this word, like, oh, this, this has been done to that. Like, everybody uses this word. <laughs> you know, everybody says, oh, darkness, or everybody says, like, uh, everyone, you know, compares, like, rainstorms to being sad or whatever. I, I And I try to do it a different way. <laughs> like, one thing I was trying to think of, uh, think about is how to use, like, dark and black as a positive Oh, that's cool. um, in a positive connotation instead of negative because, uh, you know, it's been for centuries, you know, the darkness and blackness and abyss. Uh, well, Dark have, the spark have, that lights the way. I see <laughs> the abyss and fight astray. Right. That's know. pretty good. But my point is, like, you know, darkness has is relative. It's relative to us. Like, we rest in the dark. Well, you, I think that's like a yin and yang thing is how I always look at it is Absolutely. without the dark, there is no light. And so, sure, like we, 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 we may not want to be in the dark, but it's like you just said, we rest in the dark. We need it because we don't recognize what that light is. We can't live in the light unless we rest in the dark. You know, we have to do that. And, and people just people lose sight of the bigger picture, I, I suppose. And, and, I, and I guess that's what makes us poets, my friend, is that we can't lose sight. It's, it's what drives us crazy is we're always thinking about the bigger picture. I have to imagine you're, you've got the same struggles as me when it comes to this. It's why I write, man. I write because well, I just I feel like there's so much to everything. And, and there, it, life truly is that duality of it all. Every piece is like a mental struggle. And yeah. it's fine. Like you, you did... Um, is it okay if I do like my 
Oh. Version uh my poem about you know the the struggling artist and, and writing poetry. Do anything you want, man. I, I still want to hear a tribute to fuck as well. we'll oh, absolutely, absolutely. I I'll do I'll do as many pieces as, <laughs> as you can. But uh, the way I was thinking is like it's like you know when you're uh, when you're constructing you know a piece when you're writing a poem it's like suffering. You know, so uh, the way, okay, uh, hopefully I can remember this whole thing. My soul is splattered black on white, anxious what critics think. Anyone have anything to add? Pull out your quill and ink. <clears throat> from dust till dawn, covered in sweat from dust till dawn, been sparring with this pen. <laughs> it's rubbish, rip this parchment up and start from scratch again. Took all the anguish I've endured to synthesize this verse. Still honored I'm the lucky one who's been bestowed this curse. Sorry about that. I, that one I didn't really have memorized real good. <laughs> no, that's great, man. You did great. If you didn't say all that, they would have never even noticed. They would have barely noticed. They would Because <laughs> all you did is stutter like once. <laughs> You're good. Trust me, you notice your fuck-ups way more than we do. <laughs> I've learned that hardcore along the way. But, but I've learned yeah, that no, because so, I'll fuck up and then people will be like, yo, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, whoa, I just, that was, I feel like that was the worst I've ever done in like three months. <laughs> so, so I feel like, you know, I do try to be, be eloquent. I do try to yeah. use that. The beauty of the English language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, and, you know. Yeah, and, and, and I want to say about the poem too. That that struggle, that that internal battle, is what makes the artist. It, I think so. Like I think that's what I always think when I think about Robin Williams. Is people always say, "I can't believe he was so depressed." It's like, how do you not see that that is the the picture? It's painting it for you to be that funny. <laughs> to have to to want to give that light to others, you have to have that depth within you. It's the only yeah. way. It's yeah. the only way. Nobody cares that much unless they feel that much. The, and the more, I always think the more talented someone is, the more pain and yeah. anguish they feel inside. Like, I always feel bad. When I see someone really talented, like, I know that. That comes yes. from that that inner scars and the inner struggle, you know. And uh, we each have our own, you know, battles that we fought. Like, mine, for instance, was uh, learning English. You know, because I was 10 years old when I immigrated to the United States uh, from former Soviet Union. <laughs> and uh, I spoke uh, fluent Russian. I I've spoke very little English, you know, and I had to um, go to start fourth grade in America and uh, just learn English from scratch. But I obviously... Uh, it turned out well for me. I don't regret any of it, but it was definitely, you know, it was a struggle. I mean, you know, for a 10-year-old, it was very scary. One has to imagine that that would contribute to the way you write poetry today as well, just the way that you are introduced with the English language. and, and, and Oh, just every part of it. I, I try to put every part that, you know, that Russian, that... That pride, yeah, you know, and that, but at the same time, you know, that 
growing up in Flint, you know, that whole just, uh, I don't know, accent, the whole, you know, Midwest, like, dialect, you know. I mean, it it all ends up becoming an embodiment of the human spirit because only you could live all of that and then come out the way you are. I think only some of these pieces, only I could write because only I experienced that from all those different angles. You know, like, you... You know, you you move to the, you know, kind of a, you know, socially uh, challenged neighborhood. Yeah. You know, at a very young age, from a different country. Not <laughs> only that, you're you're you from know, the jump. You don't speak their language, so it's not just the fact that you're in a place you don't know. You literally are. You feel like an alien. You feel like you're out of your own and, skin. But it's. I've had a. Beautiful experience. Like, how long was, did it take you to really adapt? Would you say? I I would say after about a year, my dad started noticing. He's like, I, you just were speaking. He's like, I, I couldn't believe how you know much you you've learned. You know, because the younger you are, the easier it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my sister was only four years old, so obviously for her it was, she didn't even notice how she started. You know, speaking English, and but for me it was. I remember you know still translating words in my head still. Coming home from school with headaches from not, you know, listening to a language I wasn't used to every day uh, to, you know, listening to everyone's like different like dialect and, uh, you know, people's eloquence to people's to the slang to the, you know, the really kind of mumbled, you know, accents, you know, and they... Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be honest. I feel like I'm fluent in English, and there's still certain sects of it, like, that I, I can't even begin with. I'll hear people talk. I'll be like, what they just say? <laughs> it's it's funny. Like, sometimes I, I feel so vain. I'm like, man, I speak English better than everybody. Obviously, you know, not... And, yeah, I like, I know so many different angles of it. And I, yeah, there's still, I mean, there's still words I run into every day that I, you know, learn. And, 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 you know, people like us, you know, we hear a word we don't know. We're like, wait a minute. Oh, we, you know, you got to look it up. You got to, you got to analyze it. You know, sometimes I use a word and I have to look it up, like, you know, look up the synonyms, you know, like, (laughs) like figure out of, is, is that, does that work? Is that really work you know like yeah. if if like the word nerds are they gonna like eat me alive you know because of this well i was talking uh right before the podcast about the way the english words are formed and how um <laughs> there's just a kind of pattern if you know how to spot certain words and like break words down then you'll see a lot of it really does kind of just make it make itself make sense the origins of the word and so when i'm writing i'll find myself words will pop into my brain and I'll Google them and I'll be like, that is the word. I'll learn words through writing raps. I'm not even exact. I'm not making this up to make myself sound. It literally happens to me. I'll say, yeah, that fits and that, that rhymes. And then I'll Google it and it's, whoa, that fits perfect. I don't even know that word before (laughs) five minutes ago. (laughs) So my brain just gets an extra wrinkle sometimes when I'm writing. It's it's interesting the way that words kind of, it's almost like, the words are just there. I, I like to think of it that way. Like, if 
once you're fluent enough in something, it kind of just ha happens happenstance, and then all of a sudden the words kind of just pop in. It's almost like that. I think that once you've got a grip enough on, on the, the format, it does happen like that. Things will just pop right in your brain because you words do are... just have this giant library of not only words, but how the words come together. Like, and that's why I, I was saying to you before the podcast, too, because we were talking about your Russian origins, and I was saying... Like that really, I'm always jealous of people who start off two languages early because those connections that form and the way that you think about words and the way that you think about ideas as an abstract thing beyond words, right? Because you have to convert your ideas into words. <laughs> Absolutely. And now not only are you doing that in Russian, you're doing that in English. So you understand how to do it in two different mediums. And that's why art's so great because it's actually a different language if you think about it. You're converting your voice yeah. into a different medium and you get more and more fluent at it the more and more you speak it. And that goes for painting, that goes for writing, goes for editing, goes for everything. Absolutely. And so it's all just, yeah, I'm jealous of those kids that get that. Well, you know, yeah. English kind of became my first language. I, I, Russia, I, I'm not so good at writing poetry in Russian. It's kind of more difficult for me. But I, I have, like, I challenged myself to do it because <clears throat> I, I, told my, like, I told myself, like, well, you know, like, that's my, you know, like, native language. Yeah. So I have to, like, try to write a poem. And maybe it's not as good as when I write in English, but I had to do it, you know. Yeah. I, I you know, but, yeah, you're right. Like, words become, like, tools. Yes. <laughs> you know, they're tools for to express yourself. And I, I try to use them in a way that... You know, and all words are relevant. <laughs> you know, slang is relevant. You know, curses are relevant. That's what people don't... <laughs> I think people don't consider that. I think people, when they think of words, you know, they, they want to be proper. They, they're scared of being judged, yeah. maybe. But I say to hell with that, man. Well, I, I think that that's... I think that one thing that's beautiful about words is the way that they can be used in different, like comedy, for example. You, it's the way that you place the words in the right spots that makes people laugh. Like it's just the fact that you're able to utilize your your spoken word powers in such a way that you can make a room light up with laughter. That's, that, that's funny magic. that that's funny that you mentioned comedy because <laughs> the last. Uh, the last open mic I did, I actually did some stand-up. Oh, did you? I, I don't know if you were there to see it, but, uh, yeah, I, I actually I worked a lot on it, I, and I did get some laughs. I, I couldn't believe I'm actually couldn't believe I was funny. Dude, you know, I can't believe I'm funny. Ruse has been waiting to do stand-up. I should just go out there and do it like <laughs> you. That's all I got to do. Because I'll get yeah, laughs, and sure. I'll say the same thing you just said. I'll be like, I, dude, I, people actually thought I was funny. <laughs> I'll be excited. I, I've, I've noticed, like... And all my friends told me, like, like uh, when I don't think about them, when I don't really try, you know? Because, like, I, I sat down, like, how do you write a stand-up routine? Like, how do you even go about it? Is, is it, like, a movie script? Is it, like, how, what's even the format of it? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and I'm looking it up, and there's, like, no, like, four, like, uh, all you got is, like, Jerry Seinfeld's, like, ten pieces of advice, you yeah. know, like... So I think the only way you can learn is by watching stand up and, and I, like and under and like actually being a student. <laughs> One thing I need to do more of is going to 
actual live stand up and open mics and seeing how yeah, those operate. Like those are and, and I think like those guys are amazing to me because I, I I'm not really good on the spot, you know. No, and they're hundred <clears throat> percent on like, the I spot. Can, they're just rolling. They don't have a they don't have a no, list of notes they can go look at. No, no that. way. Like, you know, like they're just like thinking of jokes on the spot and <laughs> I well, even I, if it's written, it's a joke you have memorized. You can't absolutely. mess up any of the delivery. You have to get it all right in order for it to land. You know, like I, uh, I, I want to do. I desperately want to do another one because yeah. I mean, it was like a high like I've never felt <laughs> to get like a dozen people in a room to just all laugh at the same time. I can just imagine what it's like to get a hundred people or like ten thousand people. Yeah, <laughs> like Chris Rock. You mentioned uh, Robin Williams. Uh, yeah. Brilliant, man. Uh, any one of those guys, you know, the, those those people are epic. They may, I mean, they the vulnerability that they, you know, uh, expose themselves to and, and uh, you know, to be able to make fun of yourself. That's yeah, yeah, very yeah. important. To be willing to be the butt of the joke and to be willing to play into that. See, that's the thing I was, I was going to say is that I feel like what those guys do is that it's the same thing we do. It's it's the vulnerability. It's playing into it's it's allowing yourself to be it. Like when we write poetry, that's what we're doing. And it kind of goes into what I was saying about how everything is a language. Comedy's a language and going on stage is a language. And once you figure that out and the rhythm of that, and once you get in the first hundred hours or so, I, I should say, I wouldn't say ten, I'd probably say a hundred you'd probably develop a real rhythm. Because I imagine it's different than what we're doing here. It's, it's if I converted my format. So rather than talking to you how I'm talking to you now, I go out on stage and I say, hey, guys, how you doing tonight? My name's Ruse. Ruse my rap name. Made that up when I was wrestling on a mattress when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. Tonight we're not talking about that. Tonight we're talking about Flint, Michigan. All right, that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about. Now, is anybody here familiar with Flint, Michigan? <laughs> that's a funny place. Funny Nothing. place. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. I mean, if you if you heard about the water, then you that's probably what you know. It's either water or murder. It's usually those two things. I want to talk to you guys about a couple Flint things that I've seen. All right. So, one time I was driving to meet a photographer. All right, and this is just how you know you're in Flint if you see something like this. It's how you know you know where you're at. <laughs> I'm about to pull in, and I see somebody on a bike, and I'm like, oh, that's that's cute. I'm about to turn. <laughs> Then I see somebody else chasing that person on a bike, <laughs> and I realize that's a stolen bike. He stole the bike. Yeah, welcome to Flint, Michigan. Welcome to Flint, Michigan. <laughs> that's a, if, you, if you hear a siren and uh, there's uh, another siren <laughs> following that siren, you're, you're in Flint. Yeah, man. Yeah, so, you know, pull it, put on your bulletproof vest and, uh, you know, brush up on your... Uh, Ebonics, brush up in your slang because, yeah. you know, uh, you don't want to sound too pompous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm roll kidding. up this Club Sunoco. Uh, have yourself a visit. Actually, there's some really brilliant, some of the most brilliant artists I, I've met come from, you know, this struggling, really. Most, uh, most <laughs> well, it goes back to the whole duality thing and the fact that artists have that struggle within them. I think that there's a reason for that. So is that struggle creates art? What do you think? I think that it's the, not the struggle that creates the art, but it's the internal struggle that results from that. 
it's it's what happens within your mind after you've been through so much conflict. And for some people, that's not even the outward world. It could just be internal. You could have a bunch of depression and anxiety, and that's what contributes. You, you don't have to have a terrible childhood. It doesn't have to be something like this. But I think that it comes in all shapes and forms. And I, I think it'd be very rare for you to find an artist that actually doesn't have a wealth of internal conflict. Sure, I, I absolutely agree. Like I... Uh, because we need an outlet, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we find an outlet, whether it's, uh, you know, drawing or, or music or uh, poetry or, you know, rap, rap. I think rap, by the way, is the ultimate po- form of poetry. I can't really rap. I, I try to freestyle. I've, I've actually had some friends that were uh, really, you know, badass Rappers like producers, uh, my buddy, um, uh, my buddy Jeremy O'Neill, uh, uh, Big Worm. He's not really doing much now, but you know, uh, we grew up, went to school together. <laughs> He's uh, a very talented individual. Yeah, Jeremy, I'm plugging you if you see this man. Uh, <clears throat> maybe it'll inspire you to, uh, you know, do another uh, album that you probably won't. Hey Jerry, come out to Chicago on, sometime. Who cares, man? Yeah, I think you should make ten <laughs> albums, Jerry. You no, know, we're not. We're not. He he's already he he made like ten of them, and you know I th- I think he's one of the most like I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know he created kind of a, a a new style. You know it's not acid rap. It's not uh, you know hip. It's not gangster rap. It's more like uh, like realism. Like his speaking own. on revolutionizing poetry. I look at rap the same way. I think it needs people. To come out with their own unique voices and think about it differently, like look at rap differently than oh, somebody yeah, else. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh, some artists did. I, you know, some of these. Um, I mean, I think definitely uh, there are artists that have revolutionized sure. rap. You Kendrick, know, Kendrick, I shot him out a million times in this room just because Kendrick Kendrick's—he's probably my favorite rapper. He's my favorite artist. He's got a way of utilizing words that I just can't get over. I'm like, this guy gets it. He knows the language. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Ken, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar's a uh, hell of an artist. Wonderful artist. Uh, I mean, right away, uh, names like Futuristic, uh, yeah. uh, t- um, NF, uh, you know, uh, I mean, to the risk of sounding cliche, Eminem, I mean. Of course, of you know, course. He's the You're familiar with Chance the Rapper? Chance the Rapper. Yeah, absolutely, Chance. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a couple other rappers I would regard as poets. Tech Nine, for sure. Tech Nine uh, is, uh, okay. Yeah. Macklemore, I mean, have you heard any of his, like, real, because <laughs> uh, his pop hits didn't represent him properly. Macklemore's got some fascinating I, th- stuff. I think any rap is within itself a form of poetry yes yes straight up a form of poetry even because, rap that isn't because, trying to be thought-provoking and it's just talking about you know i popped out my glizzy and this and that i mean if poetry. people can say you know people who do free verse you know basically just like telling a story i mean if you think of that as poetry then yeah. why isn't rap poetry why isn't you know why isn't this me talking right now poetry i mean it just depends on <laughs> your style and the you know how the standards you set for yourself i mean uh, you know you could be like bluebird that's a poem that's a two word poem but what are you trying what statement are you trying to make when i got into photography it was the same exact thesis it was this thought process of 
I see poetry every single day. I see it in front of me. I see it. It's so crazy because I've never been able to express this. But you just helped me come to that. That's what it was. It was I would walk and I would see things and other people can't see it unless I capture it in a picture and show you. Because it's the shapes that I see. It's, it's, the, it's the image. It's the art that's right there painted in front of or, me or it's what everyone sees and they don't know how to express it yeah and, and you can make it relate speaking of speaking of uh seeing things you were talking about flint things just a second ago <laughs> in my stand-up bit <laughs> well what in your stand-up bit well i was thinking of uh when i was thinking of a stand-up bit so you know i kind of got like writer's block and so as i'm standing in my roommate's living room looking out this big window uh, I'm think, uh, trying to think of jokes. Uh, you know, it's like life hands you lemons. I see this old man. You know, you talk about Flint things. <laughs> I see this old man. You cannot make this shit up, guys. He's pushing himself with one foot backwards in a wheelchair. The, kick, the kicker is, the, to go meet his drug dealer, I know because everybody. Don't ask me how I know. Trust but the the kicker is he's, right he's got a he's got a a white flag with a he's got a white pole with a little orange flag on top because when you're pushing yourself with one foot backwards in a wheelchair to go meet your drug dealer safety first guys always safe definitely safety first do you have knee pads on too I, no but you know he's like kind of like he he can actually walk and push the wheelchair on the way back. He, you know, yeah. but I mean, like there's, you know, you're standing there. I'm like, man, I wish I had a joke. And I see this old man. He's just, you know, <laughs> right. And I see him doing this every day. So it's like, you know, it's like life, life is funny, man. You just go out, go and talk about life. You know, it's just, I think that, you know, um, comedians, just like poets, are not afraid to make themselves vulnerable. And the less afraid you are to make yourself vulnerable, like I hear everybody say, oh, I write poetry, I write poetry. <laughs> Very seldom do people read me a piece like you just did. And that was awesome, by the way, man. That was, I, I love, because I, I feel like, <clears throat> you know, I feel like people like, uh, you know, they, they're like, oh, you know, you go ahead. And I'm just reading poetry and they're up there like, playing guitar and I'm like oh you guys are awesome man I, I can't play an instrument to save my life these guys are talented as shit you know you, gotta, you know these, these people that you know come to open mics but and you gotta start. remember man like it's it's I always have to remind myself because I have that same thing but it's you have to remember <laughs> there's a reason I'm me there's a reason I can do what I do there's a reason people like my poetry because I'm able to do that to other people people when people see what you write they go, man, I could never do that. In the same way that you look at that guy with that guitar. Like, you are, you, it's, it's like people, if you find your superpower, if you find your way to express and you're able yeah. to utilize that, do that 100%. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. And that's, and that's why I keep doing because those same very talented people, they, they tell me, they tell me I'm talented. And I'm like, crap I'm like well, yeah if, if these guys are, I, I mean it's not that i you know care i, I probably would anyway yeah. just for myself but i wouldn't actually think like am i 
Like, is this good? Well, you know like, what it gets to me it, it, when people, because I have a confidence. I, it's the only way my stuff would work. I, I'm approaching it with this mindset of well, I know what I am. Uh, but when people tell me what I am, when they tell me, when they're confirming what I already had set in place, when they're like, yo, you're dope as hell. You got that flow. You got that. Like, when somebody shows up and they say all that, like, I, I just, I, I just, it, every time it's like, yes, uh, it's just, I'm, this is working. They see me. They, they, they rec- the universe yeah. is recognizing me for what I am. It just feels good. So that's what it really is to me. It's like it's a, it's it's gratifying in a way that it, you know you couldn't get in a vacuum. If I just wrote my stuff and I know it's good, that's not the same as if I have ten people telling me, "Yo, that rap you wrote that inspired me to write." When I hear something like that, I want to go back and that's, write something right now. That's the man, that's the probably one of the most like best things an artist could hear is like yeah. you inspired me you know <laughs> like you you're you know you're really awesome like I, I you know you reminded me of something like you reminded me to not take life for granted or not you know because it's I, you know a million times uh artists you know poets and writers have you know, portrayed those same, uh, those same kind of, uh, uh, you know, lessons in their stories. But I think that we always, you know, you always have to keep it, keep reminding people, you know, generation after generation, like, uh, that's why I want to. That's that's why I'm, why I want to revolutionize poetry. You know, that's why because I want to make it relatable to this generation. Yeah. You know, I want the I want the I want the people that maybe don't really even read that much. I want the people that don't know Shakespeare. You know, like I was, was you know, I I want the people that can't switch up accents from eloquence to just common, you know, kind of, uh, you know, slang and, and just common everyday, you know, uh, uh, language to be able to relate to my pieces, you know, and, and to be able to like say like, oh yeah, well, I never thought I liked poetry, but there, there is, there's some, Definitely poetry that everyone likes. Well, it's um, one thing that I always <laughs> love to hear is like, I don't like rap, but I love what you write. Like, something like that. Where, you know, I, 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 there, was a, there was a podcast <laughs> I hosted where I was just like, I was just talking about wanting to move to Chicago. It was one of those ones that I kind of got in my head about because I'm like, ah, oh, it's just me talking for 30 minutes. And there was one comment that said, uh, I'm thinking about moving from a small town, too. I agree with everything you said here. And then they commented, you're also an excellent communicator. And I think that it's like, it's a superpower in life to be able to communicate well. To be, to be able to, it, it's actually the best superpower. It's the one power we can all attain if we truly work towards it, is being an excellent communicator of our thoughts. And I think that when you do that really well in a medium like poetry, it I, people identify with it on a universal level in the way you're describing. It's like they, you're able to demonstrate to them that you can connect all these dots. And you, it is truly 
everything is truly everything if you expand your scope out large enough and you're able to pull in things from all these places in order in order to create a brand new piece and that's art that's always art and so showing people that and demonstrating that every piece of work at a time it's a beautiful thing well that's why i like i love hearing other people's poems because you can only portray what you know yeah you can only speak from your point of view and i love hearing all these different points of views you know people from different walks of life people from that had had different experiences different mental scars different struggles and different things they've overcame you know um you know everyone has their own perspective and it and it comes through like <clears throat> when i read the the greats when i read the epics you know going back robert frost Edgar Allan Poe, people we've already mentioned I always think, like, what were they feeling? You know, it just what, popped in my what brain, What were they man? thinking when they wrote? Perspective is directive. It is. Perspective is directive. Without it, there's no direction. And <sighs> Absolutely. That's, that's, that's what I think, too, when I read those poems. I think, where were they when they wrote this? Like, what state were they in to get here? You know, it's like when, you look, when, yeah. it's like when you're at a museum and you look at a painting. Like, where did they paint this? Why did they paint this? What is the story of this painting? Yeah, like, who were they inspired by? Like, uh, Alexander Pushkin, yeah. uh, for instance. Like, I think I always, I always think, like, for some reason, always look at my piece and, like, some of the epics, like, <clears throat> you know, his, like, of course, he obviously he wrote in Russian, but that just flow, that epic you know, profound flow, that uh, pride, that, you know, the mannerism, it's like how he felt, like all that, you know, but at the, at, but at the same time, if, even for his time, he used very simple language because he wanted to relate to the common man. <clears throat> you know, he didn't want to just relate to, like, people that were educated. He wanted to relate to the common man. And I definitely do, too, you know. But I think I, I'm, I try to break all the rules. I'm trying to break all the rules because, uh, you know, it's, I'm trying to relate to everyone. I want everyone to understand where and to think, like, damn, like, what was he feeling? What, how really feel like what I was feeling when I wrote the piece. So for me, the entire reason I do anything is that inspiration we were talking about that I mean basically what you just said it all ties into it it's always it's the thought process I want to inspire a thought I want to make you feel something I don't even care if it's a negative feeling uh, that's what Andy Kaufman demonstrated so well is that you can just go on a stage and piss people off and that's a form of art it's it's it goes beyond <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, yeah yeah it goes beyond how we want to frame it, it it's it art is this abstract thing that we don't truly understand. Well, many, and every single time we make a piece of art, we're just contributing to that. We're, you know. Well, how many artists copied off of Andy Kaufman? Yeah. Uh, for instance, um, God, goodness, I can't think of his name. The Canadian man that uh, married uh, Drew Barrymore. Uh, 
I'm not sure. Uh, later, I use oh, a comedian. It Bo, you're not Bo Rad. It's not Bo Rad, is no, it? No, no. Um, <laughs> I don't know who married Drew Barrymore. I'm not sure. Uh, he, I know he's Drew Barrymore's ex-husband. Yeah, but he's got a similar comedic style to Andy Kaufman. Yes, he's sort of like in-your-face annoying. It's not uh, uh, the guy who shows up to uh, the businesses and does those uh, uh, this, the show. Uh, uh, I'm not remembering his name right now. It starts at the end, I think. It's not this guy, right? For you, Nathan. For Tom you. Green. Tom Green. Oh, okay. that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I know but... Tom Green. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, like, like, is, like, everyone's definitely has an aspiration. Yeah. For, from you know whether it's like someone popular or someone that you know not a lot of people know about. You know, maybe just people in that community know about it. In that artist kind of people who read and you know research these topics you know but i i feel like my like what i write is you don't you don't have to know you don't have to know who Edgar Allan Poe is you don't have to know who Alexander Pushkin or Shakespeare or any of these people are you 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 know who Tupac Shakur is you don't have to even know that though you know but Tupac actually was a poet and one of the most beautiful pieces he wrote is called uh uh rose rose in the concrete <laughs> which is part of the reason why uh you know when i found out tupac actually wrote poetry you know along with the way he rapped i mean i that kind of inspired me like well maybe poetry isn't like for nerds <laughs> you know like maybe maybe you can be cool and write po poetry you know <laughs> so I think that's what I've been trying to do since I was like 12 <laughs> and I think I'm just maybe getting the hang <laughs> uh, yeah yeah because I mean <coughs> I think that that's a big thing is a lot of people just don't know they don't have somebody who shows them the duality of that like hey this guy also not only does he do this thing that I do that I think is dorky, but he also is somebody that everybody thinks is cool. He's an actor. Like when you see an actor talking about Dungeons and Dragons, all of a sudden, all the nerds are cool. Uh, so, but but I was I was gonna say, um, y yeah, you never really think like two in the uh, 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 what is it? What's the what's the what's the poem? What's the 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 at the, the the sorry I did not travel both. How does that start? Uh, the road less traveled. Yeah. How does that poem start? Um. <laughs> oh goodness it, and it's one of my favorite poems and I do remember um, I mean what's the part I, everybody knows I, even I can't I, even remember I, for, for two roads diverged in a yellow wood two roads diverged in a yellow thank you yeah two roads diverged in a yellow wood and sorry I could not travel both okay. and being one traveler long I stood and looked down one far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth and I always think of like <laughs> that beautiful line, like, I get exactly what Frost is trying to say. Like, I want to get that last line almost tattooed on me because that's, like, what I live. Like, I I feel like every... I've always been kind of the weird, peculiar guy ever since I was a kid. And I've embraced it since. I used to be embarrassed of it. You know, I used to hate it. <laughs> you know, I got picked on and everyone was always like, you're... you're you know, you're strange, you're strange, you're strange. That's fine. You know, we're all strange in our own way, but that's what makes me a good poet. What, and the thing is, you we all have to recognize that no matter how strange we are, 
we are what that is. There's no escaping that, and it's only becoming Absolutely. better at that that we can truly grow. Like, if you don't like that strangeness, identify that and then find your best way to work with that even. Like, you, it, it, you, you feel it. You know you feel it, but you're not going to not be you. It's never going to happen. You're going to not be you. Yes, and you're you're absolutely right. Why? But I've always like felt like what Frost was saying in that poem. Like <laughs> he must have felt that way. Like uh, too. Like he he's like I I could have chose this path where everyone else that this this common path, yeah. you know this this day and age maybe known as the nine to five or the career, you know, or your you know just your everyday. <laughs> white picket fence, get a college education, get married, I, whatever your path in life is. Maybe that's not always the com- that's not the only common path. <clears throat> but, you know, he could have chose that path, but he said he took the other road. And it's, it had made all the difference in his life. And that's how I always feel like, because I always took that other road. You know, I always kind of like, well, I don't know why, but I can't, I try to follow the kids, but I'm like, nah, it's, I can't. I, I just this isn't me. I'm not gonna, you know, dress the way they dress. Where you know, I I tried it and it just didn't work for me. So I'm like, screw it. I'm gonna do my own thing. I went I went down my own path, <clears throat> and I you know uh, I think it led me to where I am now. I, I think you know you know the, if I wasn't a if I wasn't a relevant artist, I don't think you. Be sitting here talking to me right yeah. now. So that's yeah. And if you boring. weren't keeping up with it and if you didn't still have that fire in you. For me, it's funny. I did it intuitively. Like, I never even questioned it. It was just like, uh, I don't know. It, it's like. Have you always liked poetry ever since you were a kid? Yeah. Or? Yeah. And, and, and to me, me that it made sense that I would put myself out in that way like I was never even I figured out pretty early on that if I were to be in a room I would feel awkward if I wasn't in control of that situation I suppose like that's just something that I've, I figured out like it doesn't feel I, I feel weird and I don't like being in group situations I figured that out like I don't like being at a party and there's no aim to the situation mm-hmm. I don't like because uh, there's nothing I can work with there I don't like, it's just boring me. There's nothing stimulating happening. We're all just standing in a fucking circle, dude. We're not doing anything. Drives me nuts. What do you want? What do you want to do? Play, play pin the tail on the donkey or something? Right. I can't do it. But I want to, what I want to do. No, no, yeah, well, that's what I feel like they want to do. I'm like, is that what we're doing here? We're just playing pin and tail on the donkey? Can we get something done here? So what I want to do is I want to be that guy that goes on the stage that takes the moment and seizes it and, and has a poem that fucking blows your mind. And, oh, this guy's yes, he's coming to it with a purpose. Yeah, I figured like, that out. Like, I, I, that's what I, I don't be. even like the, and also it allows me to be myself in a way that I can't because I feel awkward. I don't like that group aspect where I feel like I can't stick out in the way that I know I can because I can do it my way when I do a poem. I know me, sure. but if I have to fit myself inside this weird format, it's a little bit different. Don't get me wrong, like, I've gotten better at this over the years. I've, I've overcome a lot of my awkwardness, but I think a lot of that was, like, the root of it was just this failure to express in a way that I felt achieved what I knew my potential was. And when people, and I rap people, I love it because people go, 
yo, is that really you? Like, if you show them a sign, they'll go, oh, is that really you? I'm like, hell yeah, it is, my nigga. That is well, me. Well, I, think, <laughs> I wanna, I think at I the wanna end, impress them. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and you do. And I think at the end of the day, like, that's what we don't realize as artists is that, you know, we read our, you know, you do your song or I, I do a piece. And, you know, I say poetry, people think, oh, roses are red or something. And I I want to hit them right in the freaking head. Yeah. You know, you can't just tap people on the shoulder No, anymore. you give it everything. And that's what people fuck up with performance <laughs> yeah, I want to hit them writing. right in the head. Hit man. them right in the head. People don't do that. People give half of themselves to their poems or they go on a stage and they don't put their all into it. It's like when I recite a poem, when I even am on this podcast and I'm about to recite a poem to you, I put my whole soul into that. Recitation? What's that? Is that a word? That, that's if, if we Into did, I just found out a word on the podcast movie. live. That's what we did. Recita but um, the recital, See, recital what, is probably that's what the, it is. the other fun, really cool thing about English is you can freaking make up words. You can. And recitation uh, works. It's probably what someone, sounds like I, resuscitation. I remember my my English teacher even mentioning something about it. Uh, like my junior high English teacher, uh, she said that when when you come uh, far enough, far enough as an artist. You kind of get like a artist credo. You kind of you kind of get like a artist like writers almost like um, right to create your own words. You know, to like maybe put words together. Well, what I love with rap nowadays is what a Kendrick does. Kendrick does this really well. Is he'll combine words in a way that you can't combine them in regular sentences, but it makes sense in the context of the song. Like, just because of the context of the situation, you can't now, say... You, now I want to hear a Lamar song. For some reason, I can't think, think of an example that you're... Well, it's like, that, it's like if I said, um, if I'm rapping, and I said, um, me and three bitches, we all on vacation. My mom's called me up. She said, congratulations. Something like that. Like, you would never say congratulations. You would never well, say that. But if okay. I make it make sense... That was a bad example, but that's just on the spot, right? I think that was a it's, good example. I think, I think uh, some art, other artists do the same thing. I think Eminem is, you know, incredible at, you know, doing making words kind of rhyme and come together that Oh, okay, here's, a, here's another one. So I make this gun pop. I go bump, doot, doot. When they all run and yo, they jump through hoop. So you can't say jump through hoop. That doesn't make any yeah. sense. But I made it a situation where I could say jump through hoop. And that's what I'm trying to get right. at. It works and Eminem does that really well, too. Exactly. It works because you made it work. Because you, you made know? it work. And also because that's not how words are supposed to work. I'm breaking a rule. And it's the fact that I'm breaking a rule that makes it work so well because it makes you think about it. It makes you go, wait a minute. You can't say that. <laughs> well, I think in a, in a genre like rap, I think they're... I think all rules are out the window. Well, man. and I just did uh, what's that? <laughs> boop, boop, I made that. I, cause I said I made it's that. It's called gun, an boop, boop. That's an onomatopoeia. So I doubled up right there. I didn't even think about it. That's what a poet does. They don't think about <laughs> these things. A lesser poet would think, oh man, I want to use some type of some type of device here. Like, no, no, you're thinking too hard already. That's what I tell people. I'm like, don't even think. Just do. Just write the poem. Right. Like, and yeah. That, and that's what, like, um, you know, I wrote, I wrote uh, this po this poem that everybody loves called Tribute to Fuck. Yeah, and yes. I've revised it over 10 years. I've revised it a lot. <laughs> and I'm proud of it because um, but wh what I thought about, though, was, uh, you know, I, I guess I do curse a lot. And I, people are always reprimanding me for it. Like, oh, watch your language, watch your language. And I thought to myself, like, 
Man, there's no other word except the F word that in some cases can be utilized. Like, no other word can, you know, may carry your point across. The, I, I was like, maybe overusing it is not a good idea. I, I think it's just time and place. Right. You know, but I think that's definitely the, po- the point I'm trying to make in, the, in this poem. Well, people just don't is realize that, is sometimes that words that some are, words are relevant. They're relevant and some words are a fucking miracle, right? You I have mean, to, you have I mean to, fuck's very versatile, man. Yes, yes. Well, I was, I was <laughs> as, waiting as because I'm going to. I felt, I felt the, the tension building up. There was a definite uh, release. I had to drop the fuck real quick. <laughs> but it's a powerful word because of that. Because I, what I used to say when I was a kid is that it's such a dynamic word. Like, there's an, it's a noun, it's an adjective, it's an adverb, it's everything. You could say I fucking... Absolutely. I did it fuckingly. The, the, <laughs> uh, the uh, difficult thing about this poem was... That I do mention that 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 it can be used as all those different you know, um, you know, uh, different ways right. of the English language, uh, for lack of a better term. And, but and as I pointed out, I use it, fucking those. But it, I also keep the stanza, so it's like. Uh, you guys go ahead, man. You, you don't know what it was. Diff- it was very yeah. difficult. You don't know what it took me to write that poem. But, but, but I mean, it's just like just like every other. But I've gotten even. You know, like that was ten years ago, and I've wrote more complicated pieces now. You know, and I'm I'm trying to do something no poets done. Yeah, I, and I'm you know I don't know what direction. You know, I'm gonna move into, but I, I definitely wanna, I wanna make it cool, man. Yeah, I wanna make it like, like, like people are like oh, that was cool. That was so. This is what I wanna make cool is I, I've realized that in hip hop, especially, there's not enough inspiration. There's not enough people going out there saying, "Hey, like, be yourself <laughs> in a way that's actually cool." There's people who do it in a little bit. No offense to anybody, but I feel like it comes off as preachy or hokey. Because that's it, not what makes money. It's, it, yeah, exactly. Honestly. It's not what makes money. And, and the people who do it are almost doing it in the family-friendly, cute way. Can we take a bath break? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm yes, sorry, man. yes. You have to be right way? Kind of, Can well, I wrap this real quick? Can I recite this ahead. poem? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, Absolutely. I, I really want to, with this thread we got here, because I've been holding this one back. I wrote this yeah. long time ago, and it's just my whole rationale when it comes to the way I think about it. I go for it. Potential pumping through our hearts in between temples, undiscovered art. I put it in a pencil, push another part on my passion, a ration, a match to a spark to inspire. I want to see you start a fire, reach far higher, be a hard trier, lead your life like a legacy, like a bright light gleaming and you're set to leave. Look, readiness doesn't have a recipe. Pettiness doesn't have necessity. The time ticks by waiting on the levity as I drift by chasing skies ahead of me. <laughs> and I could let it go, let it be, but I know a lesson you will never make a better me. So make the most of what's left of your energy and go, please. And then there's a little bit more to it. 
Oh, oh, you know what? I'm going to do the... See, we see the sun, but we don't want to climb Because we could be the ones to make a waste of father time Well, I can see the sun and I want to shine I climb each rung, reach the sky, bottom line I feel the need to run, you need to fail to rhyme I need to fail of one, I need to ease my mind Once the deed is done, I see a scene to find The peace isn't mine, I got to greet the grind I want to be the guy, I got to be the man It's been a dream, a drive of mine, I believe I can And I won't even lie, I keep a carry doubt I lift my feet to fly despite a scary cloud I'll take a very route If you know the name, go insane, wear it out I wanna hold the rain, I wanna bear a crown But don't we all, I gotta go for it And then the chorus comes in But whole point <laughs> being, man oh, yeah. It's making it cool. I'm taking that idea of like, hey, be yourself and do and, and go out and do shit. I'm taking that motivational advice and I'm turning it into just an actually dope rap without making it feel forced or making it feel like I'm trying to write the right, song. Right. That's like, I think that's there's not enough of that. There's not enough of communicating it in a way that people feel and they they like they identify like, with it they're like that's a new spin on that idea that makes me think about it differently they're, that's what makes me you know want to collaborate with artists like you because you you the only reason that you're doing this is for the people yeah for the people to get inspired and if you can help he heal you know emotionally one person or inspire one person you know, make someone's, like, day or, 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 or life, you know, better for that one couple of minutes, you know, that you're playing that track, you know, or doing whatever you're doing as an artist. Like, that's what we, that's what we live for. Yeah. That's what we live for. That's why, you know, I just stayed up till dusk till dawn, you know, the, covered in sweat sparring with a pen because I, I I did it not for and no other reason but to make people like showcase it from my point of view but in a way that they've never heard before yeah you know the, the approach it from like not from the front or the back from the side. <laughs> yeah. You know, just like just like you started, you know, a sentence like like you can start a sentence like uh I'm going to the store I or you can say uh uh there's a store that I'm going to. You yeah. know, like it just depends. Now it now makes the, the store more important. Yeah. You know, like, oh, there's a store that you're going to? What is this store? You know, like, I'm going to the store. Like, everybody goes to the store almost yeah. every day. Like, but who it's cares? not even just that. It's like the, the entire framing <laughs> of that is is the entire... There's so much that goes on there even because if you want to break that down, it's like, I'm going to the store. Okay, that's interesting. But what if you said... What are you shopping for? You know. What do you? Well, I, well, not even that. It's the way you start the story. So I'm going to the store is a is a hook, but it's not a good one. If you really want to start that story in a way that's going to get people interested, you're going to say, "I need to go to the store." I'm say it like zigzag. that. Maybe say maybe say, <laughs> "I was counting, I was counting on my change this morning. I had the exact amount I need to go to the store." If I say it that way, now you're going to wonder why? What, what do you need at the store that you need to count the exact amount of change? It's the setup. 
But it's like that's another thing about the English language and the way we day. frame things and stories and the way we think. It's like so much goes on in that setup and so much goes the on in the way that we frame. And that's a poem too is when you're thinking about the framework of a poem and what is what are they hearing? What is everything that the listener gets to interpret here? Because if you don't go into it with enough intentionality, I feel like the poem lacks substance. I feel like uh, one way I try to capture people's attention <clears throat> is uh, kind of like sarcasm and satire. Ah, yeah. Because I, I feel attribute like the fuck is kind of that. You know, satire. You know, attribute the fuck is a great example of that. And yet, there's um, uh, you know, there's there's an epic lesson. Yeah. There, you know, there's a, there's an epic point. That I'm trying to make. There's an intricate point that's that I'm trying to make. That's what great comedy does. Great comedy is going, <laughs> is making the point, but it's doing it in a way that also and, makes people laugh and identify with it. Right, and and you know, there's a couple of pieces that I are I have that are serious. But if I am doing a serious piece, it's got to be freaking. It's got to be super unique. You know, like yeah. like I I can't just do the same thing that's been done because like like almost like even like maybe rappers can get away with it almost like i hate to say it you know i know i love to see people do like <laughs> you know new styles new stuff but i to to be able to do what i'm trying to do revolutionize poetry i cannot get away with it no i can't get away with just you know using the same concepts and the same style but at the same time bobby frost and you know uh you know, Kipling and, and uh, you know, all those guys are always in the in my head, always in the back of my mind. That if by Kipling, you know, that's that's an epic poem. Nobody's nobody's ever going to nobody needs to write and say, you know, if you can fill the the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance to run. Nobody will ever say it like Kipling did. It, that's beautiful. I mean, it doesn't need to be so. We have to just come up with, you know. But but can the modern kind of the, this new generation, this this generation that just like has bombarded with screens and you know ten second videos, you know, uh, I think some of them. I I don't. It's not to say that I, you know. Uh, don't give don't discredit them i don't discredit them i you know i think these kids are smart in some ways they they're you know this technology revolution you know in some ways they're smarter than we were you know maybe when we were growing up but uh at the same time they're I think attention spans have dwindled, you know, like, so I always think of, um, uh, you know, Dead Poets Society. Like, those guys actually got together, like, and read poetry, like, read the the greats, the epic, like, who does that nowadays? Like, most most likely they're going to be listening to Kendrick Lamar or something, you know? It's leading by example, I think, because I listen to a lot of podcasting. It's why I like to do this, because to me, that's what keeps a lot of my curiosity alive, is just hearing people talk to one another and hearing that, <laughs> that real, genuine interaction and curiosity and willingness to learn. I think that's where, I think that's what keeps philosophy alive, right, is the willingness to explore those thoughts. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's what, 
when you say all of that, I feel like what you're getting at is the depth of philosophy, right? Like, is it over? Are we just going to move into this age of people <laughs> well, not I, thinking? Like, and I, I hope not. I really hope not. I think, I think, I think that people are as deep as you allow them to be is how I like to think of it. Like, when I have someone in front of me, if I want to explore the depth of that person, it's as far as I want to go. It's the things that I'm willing to ask. It's my curiosity that will guide that situation. So a lot of it is that. It's us needing to have genuine curiosity in one another and getting out of these damn screens and just looking at each other and saying, hey, why do you feel that way? And listening, because that's where the true knowledge yeah. is. That's where we really learn. Yeah, I think that's what, that's what people don't realize is that when someone's doing a piece or... <laughs> like, or even if they're doing a song that's not an original, like, why did they pick that song? Yeah. Why Why are they relating to this song? Like, is it just a, a piece that they learn how to do well? Or <clears throat> why did that piece inspire them? Because there's know? a story there that you could never conceive or make up. There, there's you have to. You, you can't even, there's no way you can conceptualize a story. You just have to ask. Because they'll pull something out of nowhere. They'll be like... Well, when I was five, this happened, and it's just all of a sudden you opened up a new rabbit hole. And they hadn't thought about that in six <laughs> years because nobody ever asks them that question. There's a whole thing that happens there when you're willing to explore one another. I think that it's a beautiful thing. It's like when we, I know it because when I ask people questions, I watch them light up. I watch them like, ah, because they want to talk about it. They've Absolutely. been waiting. I, I think that, and, and that's what, like, <clears throat> you know, like, uh, yeah, I think that that people can relate to like the, what their uh, you know uh, relevant genres are like their favorite rap or whatever. Like, I think a lot of these uh, rappers, uh, rappers that do, and I'm not gonna mention any names. You know, it, it's just here and there. <laughs> you know, there's you got your songs that just basically are just like club hits that were made to just make money and you know they talk about you know being you know they talk about riches and wealth you know whatever whatever these kids think is cool to relate and you know like uh unfortunately now there's drug use and it's violence and it's <laughs> you know, greed, kind of, you know, the lust for gold and all that. And I love to hear an artist that just goes completely different way and doesn't give a fuck. Well, there was a song I wrote like, where I was trying to be meta with that concept. I think I could do it better now, but um, it is out. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's uh, out on streaming platforms. It's called, Oh, it's called Image. That's what it's called. And, and I say, what a life when the aim is an image. This no game, it's scrimmage. As in, like, we're not even taking this shit serious. Like, and, and, and the aim is in an image. We're thinking about how we're portrayed and not the true reality of the soul. That the soul is a dynamic, beautiful thing that's not an image at all. An image is just something you place on top of the soul and try to define it with. The, the soul is not the image. Yeah, like, I, obviously, that's always been important to me because I remember <clears throat> paying attention and... English class and in composition when the teacher was explaining like <clears throat> what you know that artist that writer was feeling like well, why they wrote it this way why they, they did it you know they uh, you know break down the old old English like the Shakespearean English like uh, you know Shakespeare was actually way ahead of his time you know yeah. like, that's another you know you know Bill 
And if he was alive now, he'd be like a badass movie producer or something. You know, <laughs> his, his name would be like uh, Billy Shake, you know, or something. You know, <laughs> Bill Shakespeare, you know, or something. Uh, but but uh, I don't know why he'd go by Bill. I don't know. But, <laughs> but back then, you know, he's William Shakespeare. You know, back then he was struggling, you know, writing these, you know, uh, some, some of these uh, plays never made it on stage because his proprietors that were actually, you know, investing money in this read them and they were like, whoa, yeah, the, the kings come in, you know, the queens come. Like, are you crazy? Like, we're not going to do this on stage. And he was like... Damn, and he, uh, he had to go back and revise it, you know. And you tell me I have to cut out but, the incest scene just because the king's right, here. Right, yeah, yeah, you know, I got to, you know, <laughs> I, I got to, you know, back then it was like all men, men doing women's network. parts, you know, and then, <laughs> yeah. and that was okay. You know, guys dressing up in drag, now it's, it's all, you know, because women well, weren't allowed on stage. I mean, it's, well, it's that's just. What I was about to say, it's like today when a TV network tells you you can't do something. It's the same yeah, exact thing. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's like I, I think back to like, like you know, people, people always like what they know. I always think back to the fact that Egyptians put sand in their bread because they didn't know any better than it rots your teeth. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they needed something to hold the dough together. You know that's that that's what they needed and that's what they use. You know, <laughs> imagine what we don't know. But well, it's probably it's probably the case that fifty percent. I, I heard a, uh, Andrew Huberman shout him out all the time on the podcast. He got a great way on his own Huberman Lab. I think I heard him say that thirty to fifty percent of modern medis, medical knowledge is probably <laughs> incorrect. Or maybe just modern scientific knowledge, because that's how it's always been throughout very history. Possible. There's, there's not even very possible. It's mostly likely because that's what it always is. Mm-hmm. Like we think about ourselves like we know everything, but 200 years ago, think about the things we were doing. Bloodletting wasn't even that long ago. You know, it's funny that you, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, but they, you know, bloodlet people. Yeah. You know, back in Roman times, you know, or yeah. or they thought that eating. Kidney beans would be good for your kidneys, or yeah. you know stuff like that. But for some reason, we think now we got it figured out. Now <laughs> but they we couldn't know. figure out that using the same tongue dispenser on every single patient in that line is spreading germs. You <laughs> right. know, like like now we know, you know what viruses are. So yeah, I'm sure there's tons that we still don't know, <laughs> and and that we still don't realize. 150 years from now, we figure and, out that like there was the a fart way, disease all along, and it's the same way with 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 genres like rap and poetry. Like, I'm trying to figure out how, there's ways to do it that we have not figured out, and I think I figured out some of the ways. You know, I think some some people are scared to do it that way because they they feel like they won't be able to relate, and I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, I'm like I'm gonna do it completely different. And then people hear it, and they're like, holy shit, that's not what I thought of. You know, I could tell by the expression on their face. That's not what I thought of, and, I, and I'm getting to that point, you know. We need leaders, man. We need leaders. <laughs> There's not enough leaders. That goes with that whole thing that you were describing with people being sucked into social media and phones and this and that, is that we've lost this sense of true leadership where, like, we think that that's the platform is going on and posting something and getting likes. Like, no, true leadership is changing things through your actions it's having a principle it's going out there and being the character that you know you are and allowing others to perceive that how they will because you know that that is true no one else has to tell you that's a true leader and i think that 
you have to have that mindset. You can't be a follower. If you're a follower, then you fucking you do all that same bullshit everybody else does, and I refuse. I will not be that man. <laughs> I can't be that man. It, Matter of fact, I literally don't operate that way. I couldn't if I tried. <laughs> so I'm stuck being this leader. Right, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's almost like, even when I, even if you use cliches, yeah, like, use them, you know, steal, like, uh, I believe it was, my buddy Seth was talking about it on your podcast, steal like an artist. Yes. Yeah. You have to steal like an artist. Like, yeah, man, what's going on? I mentioned Seth, too. <laughs> well, I know uh, Joey Coff had a great quote, too, where he said, good artists borrow, great artists steal. And it's, it's actually, when I was looking it up, I don't know if that's the exact quote, but it originates in Steve Jobs. It was actually a Steve Jobs quote. And what? so it's, it's the idea, I imagine, is that, you know, a good artist would borrow your idea, but a great artist is going to take it and make it their own. Well, I think if you steal, like, a great artist, people won't even notice. Exactly. Exactly. You know, people won't even notice, and that artist will know, maybe, and be flattered. <laughs> or insulted. <laughs> one of the two. Maybe, or insulted. <laughs> yeah, so, so one of the most interesting things about me, I think, is, like, uh, we were talking about, like, the artist experience. So, like, having grown up in Flint and, you know, having kind of grown up, learned English on the north side of Flint, you know, I actually uh, lived in Sunridge Apartments, you know, Suncrest Drive right down the road there and uh, having experienced all those dynamics, uh, I I have like, you know, that kind of um, uh, book street smart thing Going on, I mean, I, I kind of, I think I'm like the epitome of it almost because, you know, I, I have like I, I mean, I, I obviously I, I try to stay off these streets because, but I mean, I've definitely, you know, you know, been done my party. You know, I've been out here, you know, Flint's just, I've had, I've lost friends to gun violence, and you know, I've lost friends to you know uh, drug overdoses and. Uh, I've definitely, you know, experienced that that other side, but also, you know, I'm I'm into reading. I'm into, you know, uh, Shakespeare. I'm into, uh, you know, uh, uh, just uh, w one of my favorite authors. Uh, um, the last book I read was uh, The Kite Runner by Khalid Husseini. Uh, amazing. Yeah. You know, the guy grew up, his perspective, you know, he grew up uh, in Afghanistan, right, you know, right around the time when, um, you know, the Taliban was kind of taking over and those, the extremists and then Russia was at war with them, you know, so uh, he wrote this beautiful story, you know, and then nobody could write the way he could write. Nobody could write the way that um, another one of my favorite authors um, goodness, uh, he wrote a book, um, called, uh, uh, Super Sad True Love Story. Um, he's actually, uh, a, a Russian guy who, uh, grew up in New York and he came here when he was young, like me. So he's got like a kind of a similar perspective. But what my perspective is like, I seen Flint dwindle down, you know, I seen the houses get boarded up. You know, over a period of time, so so I see that. Like I, I you know I don't you know I'm not 
obviously not, not in into gangs or anything like that. But I mean, I, it's kind of sad the way that you know people's kind of mindset is. But I also have the perspective of like uh, a well-read, a uh, pretty well-read, uh, you know, writer. You know, someone who's you know definitely takes inspiration from other authors you know i've definitely read a lot when i was a kid you know so i kind of got both of those perspectives so that definitely reflects a lot in my poetry and there's um a, a piece that i definitely wanted to do it's actually called flintastic and it's uh uh dedicated to uh one of my good friends that was a victim of gun violence well here's what we should do then um because I think we got about a good 40, 45 minutes left okay. on the clock here. So well, how about we start jumping into some of the poems you might want to recite, and then we can talk about them and break so, them down. So uh, did you want me to do tribute first? Yeah, yeah. Let's do fun. that first. Tell me why does fuck have such a bad reputation? What a versatile word with a great connotation. Can be used as a noun, verb, or exclamation. Utilized in any and all situations. Like I don't give a fuck, fuck off, or damn it, fuck me. Just give fuck a chance and soon you'll see. It'll highlight your whole vocabulary. Add a suffix and it forms a magical link. Fuck's an adjective now to describe many things. Like my fucking job sucks and this fucking car's junk. When this fucking shift's over, I'm going to get drunk. Any sentence is better with an adverb in there. Like, shut the fuck up, or I don't fucking care. Just think all those times that fucks had you covered. Like telling your boss off, seducing your lover, when no other word can describe your frustration. It sits in your arsenal waiting real patient. It likes to jump out and surprise conversations. But I didn't write this because I'm so fucking witty. I just care for words and I think it's real shitty the way the poor fuck always gets reprimanded. You must not have read the first fucking amendment. It's all in how we use it, so I'm here to defend it. So fuck you if you hear this and now you're offended because you think I'm a sinner who's going to hell. If you don't like the F word, then go fuck yourself. Fuck yeah. Shout out Iambic Bentameter. Uh, that was, you know, I, I think that when I wrote that, you know, and I, I think it took me, it took me a while to write that. And I think I finally have, uh, revised it to where I want to, where I like it, you know, it only took a decade. It only took a decade, you <laughs> yeah. know, but I think just working on that poem, I think I started realizing that the pieces I do like. They're not like, and I've, and I've tried to read, I've read so many different pe people's pieces. I try to keep up with like modern poets and, and who's relevant. There's some amazing, beautiful poets, but they're doing their thing. Nobody, I don't, I haven't yet to find anybody who's kind of doing it like I am. I feel the same way about the way I approach music and it almost makes me feel like a madman. I'm like... Is it really just me? Like I'm, I, I feel, I almost feel like I'm telling myself that I have to be, I have to be crazy. There has to be someone else that's doing the same type of thing. Can't find them. It just does, I don't think it exists. Right. Same thing with like what you're saying about that poem. Because I, I get I, what you're saying is like it's your approach. It's your, it's the whole f f mentality that you go into a poem with. Nobody does it like you do it. I, I, I'm definitely try. I definitely try, and I think that nobody does it. The way I do it, 
because of the experience that I've had, because well, of the perspective yes. that I've had. No one could. Like, no like, one possibly could. It's impossible. And that's, that is, okay, so... Catch me taking notes as I carve a frame of reference. Shout out Kubrick PTA. Coppola Lynch the mech is the dopest to give you uh, the go the dopest to give you presents. The real keep it alive. The loan you a way to press it or feel a way of vibe. Passion takes a bribe like the masses take it slow. So I laugh when patience dies. I ain't had to wait before. What it, what comes after ain't advised. It's insinuated though. In a palette, it's implied when a splash of paint composed. No rhyme, never know why. Don't repeat, don't lie. Everything is intuition, easy. Brief intermissions, the mission is in the scene. Read the message in the method, the vision is how you see. See? Super simple. The inherent is iconic. Something in your spirit, imperative in your pocket. Life will break it down, but the better build it up. Dig deeper than the sound. Stay physical, Mr. Touch, uh. Damn. What that song is about. Is it? Is it? The, the way you, me- you memorize your bit. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Dude, I try to say every word counts. It's a bitch to memorize my raps. Because if I miss one, uh-huh. I fucking have to like, all right, well. <laughs> like where- and I smoke pot. Too, I so know. I, pot. I know. That's the worst part is like you have to be careful <laughs> on how far away you want to get from yourself before you're <laughs> Try to represent sometimes your I, music. Sometimes I get something memorized and then I revise it. And then, you know, I, the brain, you know, um, exercise leads you back to the way you did it the first time. And I got to remind myself, like, oh, I changed that bar. I changed that bar. Oh, part. it's so hard. And to, it well, sounds that's, better, you know. See, you were saying how you rewrote a tribute to fuck. See, that's incredible because if I rewrote something multiple times over the course of 10 years and I had to memorize it every time, like re-memorize it. Just a little tweak. That would be tough on me, though, because I would always do it the way I did it the first yeah. time. It would yeah. take me so long to re I think I've done that one poem so many times. Yeah. That I remember the first open mic I ever went to at uh, Good Beans Cafe, <laughs> which uh, I'm so grateful that um, I was exposed to that whole scene and that I was scared out of my mind. I couldn't even look <laughs> at anybody. Not I've I've gone from that to just being able to walk on stage, pick up a microphone, and make fun of anybody. Just start talking shit, you know. Uh, I th- a friend of mine said, oh, you should do a couple of jokes. I'm like, yeah, that would be a good idea. You know, that's, that's, I feel like all my friends are like musicians and artists. And I feel like I'm just like uh, talking shit in a rhythmic pattern. <laughs> like sometimes I'm just like, uh, I feel retarded. I was doing a poem. <laughs> but, no, every, but, but everybody seems to like relate to it. And I, and like... I, I really am like 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 you said like am I really doing something am I actually doing something different like I I hope so <laughs> well I think that way I think that's why I, I'm really thinking about doing stand up too is that I've noticed just bringing people in here and just talking the way I talk I'll make people laugh a lot and I'm not even trying so <laughs> I, I think know. you could be I mean but there you know it's, it's well it's, it's recognizing there that are different people have different senses of humor yeah so well, it's, and. And, and different people have different sense of humor and different – in that, there are different personalities. You have your own personality. So the fact that people recognize those that humor in your personality you can't even see, like right. you have to just find a way to pump that up. Like if I, you ever see a comedian, they're just playing into yeah. that part of themselves like, that people think is funny. For sure, for sure. And I, like I grew up in Flint, so I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of angry, man. So I, I hate cheesy. Are you shit. familiar with Bill Burr? I, I hate cheesy. You know that comedian Bill yeah, Burr? Yeah, yeah. I think so that he, that his whole, style like, might f- fit hey, you a little bit. Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, j- just flew in here. Arms kind of tired. Like, nah, dude. 
<laughs> no, but that's the thing. You go out Please there don't. and you just say, man, I saw the stupidest <laughs> shit this morning, just like Bill Burr right, was. Like, <laughs> you complain out there. <laughs> like, like uh, my, my, friend, my friend introduced me to this guy that did, you know, 10 years in prison. Okay. I and mean, he's definitely got some fucking story. So he's in there with some he's guy. He's a comedian? No. Oh. He, he's just, you know, uh, an ex. Uh, ex. Uh, a con? Con. Is that what you call it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, convict. <laughs> but he's actually, you know, he's done his time. He's he's actually a decent guy. Uh, so I got a chance to talk to him and meet him. He was telling me about a man that he's in there with that was, uh, like, every every story I hear, I try to find a joke in it, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's what Jerry Seinfeld's advice was. He was telling me about a man that was in there for, uh, stay with me, guys, uh, performing fellatio on his dog. Okay. And, like, right away, I'm, like, thinking, like... Doggy man, style. Man, they they put this guy in prison. They should make him the fucking poster child for adoption. I'm, like, think about how lucky this fucking dog is, man. <laughs> Shelter and fellatio. Like, he's probably fucking bragging to the neighbor dogs, like, hey, hey, how you guys doing? Hey, what, what, your, your fucking human don't suck you off, man? Yeah, I bet that well, neighbor... You guys, you guys don't know what you're missing, man. You, you, you know. licking yourselves is fun, you know? Like, that's, you know, but it's, like, if you're a good comedian, like... If if you got that sarcasm and like kind of an ass, you know, kind of like that, um, you know, sarcastic asshole kind of like that. Uh, I felt like the first time, like I almost came in character, you know, like, you know, and is it the character? Is, is that just me? Like I realized, like, I know I really am that sarcastic asshole. Yeah. I went from a, a shy little. Freaking immigrant kid who was, you know, terrified that first day of school, uh, you know, in a new country to, uh, I can't, man, my girlfriend tells me that she, you know, to, sometimes she's just like, be quiet, I just can't, I just can't listen to you anymore, you know, it was just like, uh, I definitely have, you know, being, being, uh, being exposed to all these artists and all these talented, wonderful human beings who, who have persuaded me and inspired me, you know, at the same time, I mean, it's, it's been an amazing experience. It's been, I, I'm so grateful that I've gotten to evolve as an artist. And that's why uh, my poetry doesn't sound like anybody else's, you know, it's, it's I, all these different perspectives that I got, you know, being immigrant, growing up in Flint, you know, being even like the way, you know, the dynamic between me and my parents, me and my, who I was friends with, all these different things. I, I could have been friends with, you know, the, the, like the upper class, enchilon, so to speak, you know, maybe, or, or you know, um, I, I could I could have picked and chose, but I went down the road, the road I went down. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't the one that it wasn't the, always the easy one. It wasn't always, you know, the, the, the popular one. You know, definitely Robert Frost. I mean, that's, I mean, that poem, you know, Robert Frost couldn't, he, no, no one's ever said it better, I think. Maybe people have said it. I'm sure he's been inspired by people. But I definitely understand what he meant by, you know, he, let, he took, chose the one less traveled by. And it's made all the difference. Because if I had a, hadn't have chosen those last traveled by roads, I don't know if I would be the artist I would be. I don't know if I would be able to use words the way that I'm able to use them now. 
you know, people would tell me, like, oh, don't do this, don't do that. I'm like, I got to see for myself. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it just, like, I ran away, like, you know, it was a bad situation. Like, okay, don't go, don't go over there, but at least I know now. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> it's like if everybody's saying it's A and artists will say, no, it's B. I know it's B. You, you'll hear everybody saying it's A, but he knows it's B. There's another quote I heard just recently, and I wish I could remember who said it, but it's like the worst thing about being right is when, the ti- is when you know the times say it ain't so. Something like that in the sense that you, you know you're right. In your heart and soul, you know you're right, but the times just haven't caught up to you yet. The, but I think that anyone who's doing anything new and, and any, trying to revolutionize anything... The times are never caught up to them. No, no, exactly. You know, you and they're you're always, a leader. And they're always going to be scrutinized. Yes. Because people, I think, instinctively are scared of change. Yes, and this is the thing people don't get to is to be truly, to truly create change, you will, the, the scrutiny and the criticism is confirming that you are making a difference. Like, if you weren't making a difference, you wouldn't get that. You need to create at this ad, uh, adversity within people. You need people to say, they, they'll look at you I, and they'll say, this is whack. Like if you make a song, if, I, if I'm truly branching out and I'm making a creative song, I'm, I'm, I'm getting nervous about it because I know it's not like my other stuff. I put it out and then somebody comments, this is whack, this is whack. But what about those 30 people who loved it? And they're like, yo, this is fire. I, I'm going to see that one person say this is whack and I'll be worried about them. It's like, no, it's that, it's, 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 Putting that out there and knowing right. that that person saying it's whack is just confirming that I did try something different. But, and but and that, they, they can't, it's making them feel something. It's, it's the adversity. It's the true difference that I'm representing. I'm not like other people. That's shit. how you know you did something yeah. right. If it pissed somebody off, yes, exactly. then it's art, man. You need to piss if people it off. If piss somebody off, it's got to piss somebody off. One person. It's got to make someone feel. What, what, um, a friend told me once that art is anything that pro- evokes emotion. Yeah. You know, and I, that, and you know, and that's what I mean. Like, I never looked at it that way. Art is anything, but also you can't underestimate. But what I'm, what I'm worried about is the relevance of those people that are kind of, you know, doing the same thing, what, like their comfort level or starting out, you know, poets are like, that are doing that, oh, oh, the passion in my soul burns like a thousand fires, you know, like, awesome, you know, but how many freaking people, but it's been done to death, you know, how, if I say the passion within my heart burns like a thousand fires, nobody's gonna fucking care, because, it's been done. He said it. He already said it. Why am I going to say it? I can't. You can use it. And you can you can use it and you can say it in your own way. But not if you're going to revolutionize the genre. And I, I feel like this kind of satiric, uh, almost like uh, satiric yet... Um, passionate style that I've developed is is what kind of works for me you know and and even if I do write like a like a more serious serious piece 
I try to make it like, 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 I try to make one poem like, like a conversation. You know, like how many, (laughs) how many people put conversations in poetry? How many people, you know, use personifications? Well, like, um, I mean, do you want, do you want me to do another piece? Go for it. Like, for example, so I couldn't think of a way to use dark as a positive, but so I wrote a poem about what if death was one of my best friends, was one of my good friends. Okay. (laughs) Um, I used to be afraid of him. I used to think he's cruel until I met him face to face. Now me and death, we're cool. Projectile metal at my chest or pierce me with a blade. Rip my heart out and take a bite. Go ahead, I'm not afraid. If I get drunk and break my neck while falling down the stairs, then I shall chalk it up to fate. No reason to be scared. Last night, we had a couple of beers and shot a game of pool. We talked about love, life, and sport. See me and death? We're cool. So if I perish in a crash or drown inside a lake, malignant tumors in my lungs because my cells mutate, someone slips poison in my cup or I get mauled by bears, then I will know my time has come. Life's very seldom fair. He said he dreads the day he gets that parchment with my name. Replied, just do your job, my friend. I get it. It's okay. See, those who blame their fate on death don't seem to understand. He has no toil in how and why. He just knows who, where, when. So if I'm bitten by a snake or go down on a plane, found drowning in a pool of blood because someone slid a vein, asphyxiate, fall off a cliff, get gored by angry bulls, I'll greet my friend with open arms. See me in death? We're cool. Beautiful. One moment. I have to shove the cat away from the door because she's having a moment. I knew she would do this. Get back. Stop that. Stop that. Aww. I can't let you out. She, I have to take her very soon. She was just like, she. I heard her meowing. Yeah, I was waiting for her to go up to the door and scratch. <coughs> That's a gorgeous cat you got. Thank you. I appreciate I'm it. A, I'm, I'm more it. of a dog person. As a matter of fact, um, I'm, uh, I've... Uh, Trained, rehabbed, uh, shelter dogs. I uh, uh, American pit bulls are are one of my fa- my favorite. I think they're just misunderstood, kind of like me. Yeah, they're they're a misunderstood breed, and there's all this breed legislation, which that's a whole different you know topic that I want to talk about. I'm surprised I haven't wrote a poem about you know like uh, you can make death the dog. I, mean, I definitely. <laughs> uh, my uh, my pit bull, she was my best friend. Her name was Roxana. I had her for 13 years, and you know she got sick. I I um, had to say goodbye to her, but um, it was one of the best friends I ever had. So I'm definitely an animal lover. Yeah, I, I like cats. I enjoy cats, but I gravitate towards dogs more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny. Uh, Cats and dogs comes up a lot on this show too. Uh, probably just because <coughs> of cats and dogs in this house. But by the way, uh, adopt, don't shop, and Genesee County uh, Animal Control. Uh, it's been uh, uh, it's been uh, uh, rebuilt, uh, revised. They it doesn't. Um, they have an airflow. Uh, system so it doesn't smell in there anymore. They don't have any more top kennels. Each dog has their own uh, large bottom kennel. Those people, they put their heart into into what they do. Um, I volunteered with them for about two or three years. Uh, I want to 
um, in the future, go, get back to it. Yeah. Adopt, don't shop. Deport, don't abort. <laughs> I really think that those... <laughs> this is a comedy podcast, folks. I really whoa, think that... <laughs> whoa, whoa. Let's not talk about... Uh, I, well, it, that, uh, that popped in my brain as you what? said it. I was like, well, we're on the thread of comedy. Uh, this will work. I can say it. I'm allowed what? to say it. See, that's the thing. It's like what you said earlier about finding the humor in anything. Like, you really got me rolling with that. Because I, I, I wanted to say choice. while you were saying the bit... Was, <laughs> I, I wanted to say while you were saying the bit. Like... Oh, this guy's really got it all figured out. Like, uh, you know, your whole dog setup. I don't even. I'm not even gonna go back over it. They, the folks remember. They remember. I wanted to say his neighbor would probably call him up and say, "Hey, throw a man a bone." You know, what I'm Sam. Because he's boning his dog. It's just see you. So uh, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, his he said if you get one joke, you know, you should be able to get one joke out of any. A topic or situation or whatever you see. Well, yeah, this if is what you can get. If, he said, if you get two, you're a fucking professional. If you get three, you're an epic comedian. Interesting. That's an interesting. <laughs> I, I've never heard that. So okay. So this is what I see most big comedians do: is they'll have a sticky note with a simple template there. Like they had an idea, they write down the sticky note, or they get it, they put it down really quick. And then now you build jokes out of that concept. Like earlier, when I was giving you a, a, an example of my stand-up, that's because I know in my notes I have flint things as one of my sticky notes. That's just sure, flint sure. things. Because that's something you can... Things that you only see in flint. <laughs> yeah. Things that... And you, you know, actually like, came up with a great tagline for me because as I said it, you said, welcome to Flint, Michigan. That is a great punch. Sure, right you, gotta, you don't have to go too far. I mean... Uh, one of my hobbies is just simply looking through discarded things on the side of the road. You see a guy on a bike, yeah, collecting trash on the side of the road, yeah. You know, like uh, I mean, maybe there's other cities they they do that at, but I feel like I invented that game. But by yeah. the way, and I'm and I'm and I'm so far, I've uh, I am winning uh, bicycle scrap. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The bicycle know scrap name. Olympics. Yeah, the bicycle scrap Olympics. I, I'm pretty sure I'm winning. I, I, sometimes I, I, I've seen like I found more stuff than guys with trucks. Sometimes he literally <laughs> found his gold medal scrapping. <laughs> That's how he found. I think his I, one day I'm gonna medal. find a, a T-shirt that says everything I need. I found on the side of the road. On the side of the road. Yeah, <laughs> including dinner. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. <laughs> this is a comedy podcast. Hey, folks. Hopefully, 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 you don't have to go. That far, but, but you know, if it, listen, if listen. Th as a comedian, this is what you got to do. If it's when non-perishable, I, you know, <laughs> if it's right. non-perishable, exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is what I've learned is the best thing, and it's just conversational. It's the best way to go for conversations. Yes, and it always is what you do. So, when I say that you eat roadkill, you immediately gotta accept the fact that you're the butt of the joke, and you do eat roadkill. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know what? As a matter of fact, uh, one of my neighbors. Uh, he's barbecuing one day. It smells delicious. Okay. He, I, um, walked up, because we have what's called a catwalk in Flint. If you guys aren't familiar, it's, it's a, basically a, a, a paved road that goes right through that you can bike on. Catwalk. And, uh, okay. You know, bike. 
path. Is it called that because there's cats? There's roadkill on the side of it well, or something? I, may, maybe, I don't know, cat, walk, dog. Well, I guess it depends. We're going back to that cat, dog yeah, personality right. again. But, no, I don't know. I, I call it... I, I call it a bike path, I guess. But uh, so I'm walking down the bike path, and one of the neighbors, he's got this big, huge drum bell grill. You know, he's like, hey, you want to try this? He's like, and he told me what he, he's like, um, it's, um, uh, it was, uh, um, it was roadkill that he actually gr- uh, grilled. Yeah, it, it was uh, not, not squirrel, but uh, um, p- a possum. I believe, and he, you know, he he gave me a piece, and I'm like, I'm an adventurous thing. Like, I'll I'll eat just about anything. There's very few rare things, especially, you know, being from the Soviet Union, man. Like, Russian people are picky. Like, we eat some some things, but anyways, so like I I tried it, and it was awesome. Yeah, you know the way he made it, it was awesome. You know, you could see like it was just, you know, the the. Just the body. It wasn't a lot of meat on it, you know, but the piece I tried was actually really good. <laughs> so I've ate roadkill, you know, like I, I'm, I think um, I've always kind of been the butt of the joke in any, and I, I think I just, I'm over it. I like, don't I mind. Think, it's, again, it's the yes and. Like, if, it, if it works better for this piece of art we're making, if I have to be the butt of the joke to make this work, I will be. That's how I, I look at I it. I didn't realize this, that you can actually get laid doing poetry yeah. <laughs> and stand-up. Like, like, yeah. Especially stand-up. People like that you're a funny <laughs> guy. or that you're. And, and you know what the poetry thing is? is like as a, as a musician or an artist, they like the vulnerability of it. It's a lot of that. It's like... There's a, it's, it takes a certain type of person to do those things. I'm kidding, guys. Not, not, what I mean is... Oh, I'm not. It, it actually... <laughs> it, it actually... Uh, uh, I, you know, I don't want to demean, you know... Uh, it's not just about... Yeah, I, mean, I don't I talk mean about like the bitches you, like that. You no. can portray yourself as, you know, confident, but willing to be vulnerable. Confident enough to be vulnerable. Nice. That balance between confidence and vulnerability you you know that where i i just don't give a fuck i'll I'll go on stage and say whatever the fuck i don't care i was you i I was making fun of the host you know i i I said something along the lines of uh you know brad's like uh yeah brad lee by the way uh very talented musician uh uh is he Asian? Uh, nope, I don't believe so. <laughs> I don't even know him. <laughs> that's a joke, Bradley. See, 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 these are the kind of jokes that uh, uh, might, might get a laugh or might get like. That's what uh, I'm going I, for, I, I man. Know. I'm trying to walk the line. <laughs> You're trying to walk the cricket line, like the worst, <laughs> the worst thing. And I was so relieved, like too. But I said something along the line, like uh, Brad is single-handedly responsible for the extinction of Virginia in Genesee County, uh, you know, because of his rugged jawline. But I mean, obviously, that's that's an exaggeration, you know. And I, 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 I knew it. I knew I could pick on him because he's a friend, because he is comfortable. You know, being the center of attention because of it. Now, uh, you know, every joke has a little truth in it. Yes. Is, is Brad a ladies' man? Yes. He ha- just happens to be that as well. Would the joke be funny if he wasn't? I don't think so. You know what I mean? Like, like it had to be the right person, the right, 
you know, the right setup. Well, that's why I mentioned comedy the in the first place. Was that's why we brought it up because it's the language, it's the way that you utilize every single bit of that, and and the best comedy bits, the best jokes are performed with such a craftsmanship that you can barely even see that it happened. You know, mm. like it, it's so natural that you barely even realize. The am- you can't tell the amount of work that goes into a bit when it's done well. And that bit went through 10 different versions, just like your poem did through 10 different years. It takes a long time to iron out a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Well, one thing um, I got to, uh, uh, right after I did my first podcast with Brendan Klein, BK to grade 08, I should have called him, oh man, I just revealed his government name. Whoopsies. Now they know. Now they know. That's what I f- how man, I feel when people say my, my... You can Google that shit, <laughs> This all good. But it sounds cooler when I say BK. When I had BK to grade a weight up into his house. BK so to grade a weight. I had a him up in here, and right after we finished, I was talking to him, and we we're in this great conversation about how you really realize through comedy the amount of collaboration that goes into creation in the sense that if if I were to create a funny TikTok right here, if I pull up my phone, I make a funny little video, and I do a little skit, I don't realize how people react to that. I never do. I can only tell by the way they like and they comment. But when you go on a stage and you do a stand-up bit, you see in real time, like, oh, they didn't laugh at that part. Oh, oh, this was a little bit drawn out. Let me let me cut that off. You you can feel every single moment out in a way that you, you never can feel could. It. When I got off, when I, well, there's no stage really at Tenacity, so when I say I got off stage, when I, when I was done with my routine when I was done with my open mic session. <laughs> when I, you were in the back in the green this, room. <laughs> oh my god. I felt this like high for about a week. Yeah. You know, there's nothing like really people reacting because laughter really does heal. You know, and when people like can relate to the joke, but I guarantee that you're you're always going to offend someone if you make a majority laugh. There's gonna be that one person, you know, that's that's like butthurt about about the way you said it or how you said. It. Like I didn't realize, like in my routine, I even said something about like uh, heavy set ladies. I don't know how to say it without offending people, which I have dated, you know, plus size, whatever, you know, and. I said something to the fact that I just want, you know, I'm, I'm getting old. I'm, I'm kind of tired. I just want, like, a sandwich and, you know, a fat chick and a bag of weed, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I had to think, like, like right away, I, I didn't, I saved myself because I'm like, wait a minute. I, I'm like, no, nah. I'm like, I'm kidding. I've, I've always wanted a fat chick. I'm like, I love fat, <laughs> fat chicks are awesome. Well, you know, like, that. Like, but you don't realize, like, you don't realize when you're doing the joke, you know, and even people laugh, but I'm like, Maybe I've offended some. Well, there's this beautiful Picasso quote, man, that I always think about. It's when I when it comes to that, and it's the beach doesn't care about a sandy vagina, you know. That's a badass Picasso quote. I know. I didn't know Picasso. Did Picasso really say that? No, it's another bit. I'm I'm just I'm on a roll over here, man. (laughs) You know what? Who knows? The guy cut his ear off and gave it to a hooker. He can't fucking... He, <laughs> he might he as well wrote it, that but down. It, <laughs> it doesn't sound like something that you would say with a Dutch accent a hundred years ago, but who the fuck knows? Right, I'm not one to judge. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps you're not paraphrasing. But, but yeah, like, what I really mean is that uh, it goes back to that thing I said about if you, the hate confirms that you're doing something different, too. Like, unless the scales are completely tipped and it's all hate... 
and sometimes what you do doesn't line up with the times, like we said. So it's all these things. Like you have to just recognize truly what you are and know what your intent is, and then also recognize doesn't how that does play out time. in real time, and then how you can how you can morph those two things, how you can transform each of them into one another and have that perfect like, like, configuration. Like, it, like some people are more uh, sensitive than others. Like, you know those jokes that are like, uh, too soon? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, uh, I don't know if I should start. Like, after 9-11, some uh, Russian people made this joke up, and um, I, it works in translations somewhat. Some jokes don't work in translation. Continue. But uh, the joke goes... Um, uh, Bin Laden calls a Bush, calls up uh, President Bush, and goes, "Look, I got." He goes, "Look, I got good news and I got bad news." Bush goes, "What's the good news?" He goes, "I surrender." Well, the what's the bad news? I'm flying up there right now. <laughs> you know, and it's like some it's the joke is fine, like the punchline is there, but I'm sure a lot there was a lot of people that might have been, especially when. It first happened, you know, like you're not going to make a joke about COVID, you know, to someone's like at someone's funeral that died of COVID. You know, I don't I don't know. Maybe you might. Maybe you might. It just depends. You got to know your audience, I guess. Yeah. yeah you know, you, you got to know it's like, is my grandma sitting out there that, you know, you, your grandma's sitting out there. You don't want to make the, like the raunchy sex jokes, you know, it's like, shh. but if it, unless you just don't get unless you just like, you know. But you're at the same time a comedian. If you're getting paid for that shit, you're like, fuck grandma. You're like, grandma, get over it. <laughs> you know, like, fucking. You'd be out there <laughs> using her pantyhose as a lasso at a certain like, point. Like, yeah, I eat pussy all the time. Oh, this is my grandmother, everybody. <laughs> like, grandma's sitting there just fucking red in the face, like, oh my God. God, like what? Like yeah. you don't invite your grandma to your like run. You gotta just know your audience, you know. You do, you do. Like I'm just using the grandma as an example. Like you know, <laughs> some people's parents are are cool. They're more like you know, loose. Like I couldn't do jokes like that in front of my mother, knowing my mother is in the. I guess I'd like. I'd have to, like, close my eyes and not look at her. You know, some people have a different dynamic with their parents. It just depends, you know. Some like, people would picture her naked. <laughs> God. That helps now, on stage. Yeah. Now, now, now that is one freaking uh, grotesque Oedipus reference, man. That is just, <laughs> you, wow. You just like I say, like I say, I'm on fire over here, okay? Yeah. That's yeah, this, guy's, would... this guy, this guy, he's got one. He's full of one liners. I'm man. telling you, I need to get on a stage immediately. <laughs> I know this. He, he, he's full of cheesy one liners, man. He, well, he, he'll, <laughs> he'll kill that shit, man. Bro, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm straight up cheddar. <laughs> no, that's what's up, man. Uh, you know what? Go ahead, do it, man. I mean. I mean, what do you got to lose at this point? I mean, you're, you're on YouTube. Not only that, but when I'm in Chicago, I'll have a primed audience. I think in Flint, it's harder. Like, I haven't done I comedy around gonna... here, but I think people out there are going out to have a night. So Dude, they're ready love... to have a time. Can you imagine the open mics in Chicago? That's what I would saying. love to come down there and, like, and like do one with you, man. So listen, like, we're, we're like getting do towards... a podcast with you in Chicago. Okay, so listen, we're getting towards the end of the podcast here anyway. So this is a perfect moment for me to invite you out, man, because this is what I like to be... Oh, I, every time I've been having people come through, I've been saying to them, like, hey, I 
am leaving Flint, but I want to be a bridge from Flint to Chicago. I want to make it, I want to be your reason to come out. So if you, how I go there, I take the train. It's $66 both ways. So all you got to do is be able to stay somewhere for a night or or two. Or a bus. And once you get there, then you get the public transport, and that's $5 a day. So you're paying $5 to get all around the city, and you don't have to deal with parking and paying for all that and the traffic. You're not thinking about any of that. You're just getting around on public transport, and you came in on the train. I'm telling you, it's the way to do it. You save so much money because you're not paying. You're not any, Shoot, can you bring a pedal bike on your train? Or, yes, or, yes. Or, or, you can, can pay you, like $20 to bring a bike. Or can you rent a pedal bike while you're there? Both. Or, or just steal a pedal. It's Chicago, man. You got to steal a bike. No, I'm just joking. Hey, I, listen, I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. Don't condone stealing <laughs> when you show up with a bike that's like 20 different bikes put together i'll know what happened let's just say right. that much right like it's a hybrid <laughs> it's a hybrid no, it's, <laughs> a it's, hybrid bike <laughs> it's a hot it's a huff can goose it's a it's a it's a schwinn goose man don't worry don't worry about much <laughs> a schwinn goose now that is hilarious dude like um but yeah, no, come out, come on out. I, I would love to be a reason, and you'll get me out to that comedy show. You'll be, you'll be my catalyst. You'll get me to do it because I'll watch you on stage. I'll be like, ah, he's doing yeah, I it. Like, I have to. Like natural ones. Just talk about your life, like, like one thing. Like my mother, you know, she she's a brilliant lady. Uh, me and her don't always get along. See eye to eye on things, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm kind of in the. Um, I'm kind of obsessed with, you know, using THC as medicine. I think her generation just doesn't understand that, you know, uh, right. uh, microdosing uh, psilocybin. I mean, those are, that's a whole new, that's a whole other topic, but, you know, that's, you know, to her, a drug's a drug. You know, she doesn't know the difference between heroin and smoking a joint. Yeah. So, you know, she just thinks that, like, I'm just, you know, you know, a junkie, you know, and whatever, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm trying to explain to her. I'm like, mom, I, you know, I took an IQ test that came out. I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm actually pretty smart. Like I'm, I'm good at this. I know what I'm doing. Nah, there's nothing. And she's like, she's always like, uh, my son, you know, everybody, you know, walk around this pile of shit. You know, my son, he just always step right in it, you know? And, but that's what, I think makes me like that curiosity that I've always had that she's right, man. I've always had that because like I, I might well even walk around a pile of shit like once, twice, and then the third time I'm like, man, I gotta go check that shit out. Like, man, that that's some interesting shit over there. I was like, I just can't help it. I just got have to fucking like even you know, I mean I've gotten older and wiser. I know what to stay away from, but I definitely have to at least like check it out like to see like i wanted to see what it was like to be homeless i've experienced don't recommend it it's not for everyone uh you know uh it definitely sucks not for me um uh you know but i've definitely abruptly quit jobs before don't recommend that either you know just because i'm just like i'm just sick of because this is not this job is just not fulfilling and it's just you know, repetitive, and it's just, but then I'm, like, begging my friends for cigarette money, you know, it's, it's just, you know, there's, I mean, I I suggest you, you know, be, be an artist, be, you know, do your thing, but just know that, you know, every choice you make is going to affect, and it's going to affect your art, and it's going to affect, you know, uh, how, but, 
sometimes you, yeah, I guess you do got to take the plunge and, and, you know, and I, and I have like, I've, I've walked in the piles of shit, you know, and they, wow, it was a headache for my family, a headache. But I think that if I wouldn't have done it, if I wouldn't have put myself through that experience, I wouldn't have that perspective. At least I know what not to do, but at least I know. But I know the truth that everyone, no matter what, like, road of life you're from, I know that everyone, we're all just, we're all vulnerable. We're, none of us are as, you know, are, are as confident as we like to portray you know, and, and everyone has something. So, so it's like, yeah, you know, that, that what makes my mother upset, you know, because I've, you know, le you know, left her. She definitely helped me take care of my daughter because, you know, I, I, you know, the mother of my child was sick and couldn't do it. You know, it's, it's all those things what, what, does make her upset. Me always choosing that other path is also what makes me a relevant poet. So it's like, but but perhaps you know, perhaps there's ways to do it without making your life chaos. But I, I think that you know, definitely with comedy, uh, it's like you said, Robin Williams. I mean, uh, you pick a comedian, they're off stage. They are one probably depressed, sad son of a bitch. Like, like they, you know, they, they either drink or do drugs or cry or they're, they're clean or they go to read. Or there's some kind of, like, you know, uh, outlet for every artist, you know. Unfortunately, a lot of artists choose self-medication with street drugs as an outlet and you know my friend my, one of my really good friends and i'm not gonna say her name she is um she is a drug addict um you know she's you know been struggling with it for a long time um she's had the craziest life you know like uh every five seconds something's always crazy but she asked me she's like how come that people who do drugs are always like you know good at painting or good i'm like no hon it's that artists are we're we have so much pain that we should you know choose drugs to she's thinking with. of the uh chick it's like the chicken or the egg she's thinking of it backwards yeah she was, i think she was looking at it backwards and i'm like no it's just that talented people you know they unfortunately very often you know fall back on some sort of substance you know thank god for thc you know, CBD like, is a big one too. I don't know if you've ever dived into that, but uh, yeah, CBD is um, psilocybin has worked for me. I don't that trifecta is me, man. Uh, microdosing psilocybin, but you 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 have to know yourself. Oh yeah. Also, like I know alcohol is not everything. Like I'll have a beer from Tenacity Brewery once in a while. Uh, I don't Shout really out. drink too much. Too much. Uh, you know. Um, uh, no, to me, it's about it's. It, I, I prefer the. I, I like to think of it as there's something about expanding consciousness that is beautiful to me, and that's why those three things suck me in. I, I'm see, especially 
especially psilocybin. And they're organic. Yes. And and not only that, but all you have to do is look at the information that continues to come out and look at the accounts that people give about the life-changing experiences they've had. And the, the pros completely outweigh the cons the more and more you look. It's it's fascinating the amount of life change, positive life changes people have been able to execute it, due you know, to... And it hasn't caught on. Like, micro-dosing has not caught on. Like, amongst these, like, like ex- extremist people, you know, people are like, oh, I want to eat an eighth. I'm like, wait. I'm like, eat a, eat a half a gram. Eat a gram of, you know, peas or, you know, s- some strong mushrooms and see how you feel, like, you know, eat, eat another gram later. Like, that's a better way to do it, I feel like. But everybody just wants to, like, have that, like, peak and have that, like, you know, which is fine, which that can be a relevant way. But you got to know yourself. Like, I don't recommend eating more than three grams of penis envies. You will be playing a video game inside your own head. Don't ask me how I know. Just trust me. I would recommend it, but I would say you need to be an experienced psychonaut. You definitely need to be experienced, like, peas or stuff. But, you know, having said all that, like, some people don't need anything at all. Some people, you know, everyone has their drug of choice. That's one of my favorite questions is asking people, like, what is your drug of choice? Like, what is, most people say pot, or most people will name a substance. Uh, Once in a while, I've had one person say their child. Because the drug of choice, I mean something that, it might have caused you pleasure and pain, but you'll never give it up, no matter what. Energy. For me, it's energy. Energy is an awesome having man. someone in front of me because I get so lost in it that I can't even... It's a gift and a curse, right? I can't multitask when you're in front of me. I, 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 it's very, very hard for me to commit myself to anything else while you're here. That's my drug of choice. I can't... It's why I'm good at customer service. I feel the energy of other people. To, yeah. to a... To an extent that's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. My, my drug of choice is, uh, you know, you said energy, um, uh, just writing. Yeah. Right. You know, writing, writing rhyme poetry. I, I'm, I'm never gonna stop. I don't. You know, it's, it's always gonna be, and it's, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm getting better. What I mean, better is like I'm able to portray things easier. With these complexities that I create for myself, um, well, I want to do another poem. For instance, uh, well, this will be we'll have to wrap it up because I am running low okay. on time. But we can do it with that poem. That's how we'll do it. So we'll do this last poem, and you can just introduce it, set it up, and then we'll send them home with the poem. How about that? So what is this poem? Um, so this poem, um, uh, this poem is called Revelations, and uh, I, I've thought about like. Like, have you ever had, have you ever just told someone, like, like the road to hell's paved with good intentions? Have you ever just told someone the truth and it scared them or it, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't subscribe to it or they just like, uh, or it backfired on you big time? Like, telling idiots the truth is one of the most dangerous things you can do. And the masses are idiot, even even myself included in that. So one day I'm just like, you know, you know the hill after my golf course. I'm walking up it. You know, down is awesome. Up is a pain in the butt. So I'm walking on. I'm like, man, this is like. I start thinking of this poem. 
I, you know, I'm like, this is like rolling boulders up a hill. I'm like, why, why, why do I do this? Why, why can't I? But there's, it's like the shortest way to cut through my house, you know, uh, to walk my bike a little bit up the hill, uh, you know, but it might not be the easiest way. But so I thought of a poem like, uh, so this is called Revelations. Like rolling boulders up a hill or swimming up a stream, this most meticulous of tasks can get a bit extreme. A lot like trying to stay on top of a big bucking bull, just waste eight seconds of your life revealing truth to fools. Jump out of airplanes through the sky or scuba dive with sharks. <clears throat> Walk down a seedy alleyway at midnight when it's dark. Wrestle a gator, milk a snake, or box a kangaroo. Before I tell these fools the truth are things I'd rather do. Walk barefoot across broken glass. The same with, with molten rocks. With my last dollar at the fair, I'll knock down all those ducks. Because juggling chainsaws, eating fire, or swallowing a sword are all mere child's play when compared. This act is so absurd. When their reality is crushed, they'll look for you to blame. Those who've attempted this brave task have ended up insane. Like chasing chickens round the yard, staying sober at a bar. Jumping a giant monster truck over a thousand cars. Unraveling a string of cords or tying your own noose. <laughs> trying to loosen up that knot and laces in your shoes. A lot like trying to build a house without any tools. Or catching fish with your bare hands, revealing truth to fools. Like flipping pigeons when there's cops, buying stuff you can't afford. Trying to keep squatters outside a house without doors. A lot like trying to play a game without any rules. Or using chopsticks to catch flies, revealing truth to fools. Alright. So that's the type of approach that I take. You know, satire attention grabbing but make making driving a point yeah you know and uh and also, painting a picture also so every single action in that poem is so, something that someone has actually attempted in the past or people actually always or do you know that's that's the rule I gave myself because I wanted to be relatable I mean like I can I didn't want to say like like, go, uh, you know, uh, slaying dragons or something like that, you know? Because it's not a fairy tale. It's, it, it's, you know, I don't, I'm not writing fairy tales. Fairy tales are beautiful. But I'm not writing fairy tales. I'm trying to relate to people. And, and some of these poems that, you know, by the time I'm done, I'm exhausted. I'm, my mind is a wreck. You know, I've. I I just I go to sleep. I some I've cried, you know. I've when 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 it when I feel it when I hit that note when it's really like hits that nerve to where it's gonna resonate with people. Cause I'll shed a tear myself. Can I just do one more? Okay, so this poem is um, uh, dedicated to my best friend who was a victim of gun violence at the age of twenty. Flintastic is the way we live, with wild hearts and tatted sleeves, with shattered youths and ghetto dreams, 
Cars decked with rims and hip-hop hymns. Flintastic is the way we feel. Death always nipping at the heels. So we had too much fun last night. The county jail is overfilled. And we so often wonder why our lives are constantly insane. Perhaps it's just the way we're raised on ramen noodles and cocaine. But please don't miss us when we're gone because we ain't got no time to cry. Flintastic is the way we live. Flintastic is the way we die. Hmm. Flintastic. That's like what you were saying earlier about making up words. Yeah, well, a fr um, friend of mine who is also in the local artist scene, <laughs> she doesn't really display her works, but she knows a lot of artists, and she's definitely a fan. Um, she's the one that kind of exposed me to her. I'm not, I'm not going to say her name. I'm not sure if she wants to be. But, but uh, she actually, she's like, coin that term she tried to coin that term but from her perspective you know her perspective was like this gentrification you know this beautiful downtown you know all this and i'm telling her i'm like huh i've been here 30 years at this point back then it was like 25 years something but this was like three four years ago i'm like I, there's nothing fantastic about this like there's there are some things and this this is an incredible town you know this is where you know, they went from making, uh, you know, covered wagons to, to making cars. You know, th there's a lot of great things. The first set down a General Motors strike happened in Flint, Michigan. But also, you know, there's so much crime per capita. There's so much, like, I think, um, you know, the, the, the drugs and that whole street life hit Flint very, very hard. And people, and people subscribe to it you know and and you know some people did some people didn't but a lot of people did and uh it it just devastated you know it it just went through and devastated like starting in the 90s you know i was i had just got here i was young i remember you know this whole place looking i remember everything being beautiful like even like sunridge apartments itself you know now there's even not even no playscapes for kids to play you know it's like uh urban prairies uh, yeah it's it, it's just sad to see like all these houses get boarded up you know because these people have worked hard for a long time to be able to you know, achieve what, you know, what, what they've gotten there, you know, to have everything they have. And, um, it's just sad because, yeah, I think drugs, definitely the whole mentality, it devastated, you know, this community a lot. And, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the reason why my best friend, you know, he got shot. He, he wasn't, you know, alcohol was his drug of choice, uh, you know, and it's it was sad because he had just gotten his GED and he decided, uh, oh, after all, I'm going to get drunk tonight and make, make one stupid mistake, you know, uh, portray his toughness to someone who was too cowardly to fight and pulled out a, a weapon. And, you know, that's what happens. You know, that's just one example, a very sad example of, what happened that and that's why I wrote Flintastic from my point of view. I'm like, well who feels fantastic? I think these these residents out here, you know? And that's why I said like like why is our why they always wonder like why is our life so crazy? Probably because of the of the upbringing, you know, the way it 
they've been they've seen nothing but just you know violence and and uh just you know extremist actions their whole life i mean what type of person you know it's, it's, very rarely does someone go the other way like well i'm not going to do this i'm not going to portray my parents i'm not going to try to be like these well, you see a vicious cycle a lot with um, places with uh, just a bad, a bad, uh, just a high crime rate, for example. You see a high crime rate, immediately you start to see single-parent households. They line right up. It, it coincides, like... Yeah, 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 and that's... Yeah, yeah you're right. And it's the and chicken that, or the egg. It's, and it's that, what and comes a, first. And that's a different, like, and that's a whole different topic, but yeah, Well, no, but it ties into what you're saying about you're right, this man. idea that... The environment forms this mentality, and then the mentality forms the environment, and it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, it's, it is a vicious cycle, and the only way to fix this is to educate people. Yeah, and to not be that you person know, that leaves that other that other parent behind and creating but, another single-parent household. It's, it's, it's not letting the cycle repeat itself. Absolutely. But also, like, like, all these things, like, you have to be careful how, because... You have to be careful how you reveal things to people. Like, that's the point of my poem because, like I said, people are scared of change and, and they're scared of the truth. And hearing that, well, if this is your fault, is you created this, no one wants to hear that inside their community, inside their, you know, like... Uh, but it's, it's that's, uh, I think uh, that's Neighborhood. Not, yeah, and, and but... That's, but, a, but that's a way you could perceive that. But what, I, what, what, what is truly being said is that it's beyond that. It's that you feed into it just by not breaking the pattern. It's like you only you can have the accountability and the agency to break it. Only you can do it, and you have to be aware that it's a cycle. And and if you don't see it for the cycle yeah. that it is, you will play it back yeah, out. Yeah, you you'll play right into History the mess. History repeats itself. Like I, one person is greedy enough to say, well. I'm going to sell this substance that's devastating everyone's life in my community, whether they use it or one of their loved ones has overdosed or, uh, you know, they've lost friends because of it uh, or whatever the case may be, uh, you know, uh, but there's always going to be some person. So I think just, the only way to deal with it is to educate people to, to ethic, you know, like put ethics forward, you know, because I mean, I think that there are a lot of people uh, that aren't cut out. But I mean, there's that one person that's just like, that's all they've seen their family do their whole life. And they're like, oh, my uncle's got a car he's you know he was selling dope i'm gonna sell dope like or whatever whoever brother because they don't have a good role model and i'm not just talking males i'm not just talking males you know and i'm not talking any it can be it happens in every kind of dynamic walk of life race you know neighborhood everywhere it happens everywhere you know there's always going to be that one person that's going to you know uh, succumb to their greed, and one bad apple spoils the bunch. Succumb to their greed, and you know, uh, just uh, cash in on at the vulnerability of their, you know, neighbors. Their, their, their and, and people, and and what I don't, 
what what makes me upset is that people see it as a, the norm. Nah. Like that's not the norm. Nah. This, sell, selling dope is not the norm. Don't listen to these rappers like like there's like like you know junkies walking around. This isn't the norm. This is the life I see. Some people don't even see this life. You know, like like people that go to Kettering University, people that go to you know uh, University of Michigan, you know from other states. I mean, you know they don't. They don't see that whole, like, hopefully for them, (laughs) for these guys. I mean, they probably don't even know that world. You know, they don't, they've never hung out in a abandoned house with a bunch of junkies. You know, they've never babysat a heroin addict who's trying to get clean. They just don't trap like that. You know, our, you know, as far as intelligence, like, in some realms, I could keep up with these people, but I do. I do have that other intel. I do have that other knowledge because I have seen that. I have, you know, helped friends get clean, and it's not for everyone. It's we live in an incubation nation, my friend. Everybody's inside of a little bubble, and, and, and I think that yeah. it creates this weird thing where everybody thinks they know all this shit, when in reality, if you're someone who's truly lived, you know for a fact you don't know anything. <laughs> We, that's yeah, the, that's exactly. the main lesson you, you learn in life. Don't I don't know, any, know a thing. And, <laughs> and, and you'll make the same mistake five, six times before you realize you're, you're making that same mistake. And yeah. You're like, holy shit, I'm doing it again. I'm, you know, letting my emotions get the best of me, whether it's, you know, going into a relationship too soon or, or uh, you know, just enabling a, that friend that's just on the, you know, they, they've hit rock bottom and they're like, oh, let me get five dollars and you know what they're gonna spend it on and you know you feel bad instead of go like you know but well, we, forget learned- our, we forget our own power that we if what we say in that moment can determine the future you if to, we said to that friend yeah. like hey man i really you see, have to I remember see- that that five dollars could kill that friend if if they're you know if they're using uh the right kind of opiate when who and- are you to that friend do you want to be the person that gives them five dollars reluctantly or do you want to be the person that did what they could to try to help Absolutely. Yeah. You know, if it's uh, this Flint is facing an epidemic of opiate uh, addiction. You know, it's and it's such a small community, like close knit community, that is just it's it's hitting hard everywhere. And you know, everybody's see monkey, see monkey do. Oh yeah, let me try this. Like. What? When I was growing up a thousand times, my, my dad made me realize how scary, you know, IV drugs were. And some people it's just like normal, like, oh, I just do this. Like, like that's not norm. That should not be the norm. Like, I don't want that to be the norm for my daughter, you know, for, for my kids to just be like, no, oh, yeah, like we're, you know, learn, doing our homework over here and these guys are over there, you know, there's a bunch of junkies over there. Like, that, it shouldn't be that way. That shouldn't be, like, the people who need help should be in places where they provide help. I mean, that, that you know, that's uh, that's their job, you know. But, but just, they, it's, we shouldn't, like, glorify this lifestyle. It's right. not cool, you know. We shouldn't glorify gun violence. We shouldn't glorify, you know, being a drug 
dealer or a user? Well, you know what? I think no. a part of it is, uh, shout out Giannis Papas. But he had a great thing, a great concept on his special, his stand-up special, about dad love and how we need more, some more dad love and a little less mom love. Because that mom love will accept you for what you are. It'll love you even if you're the worst guy in the world. That dad love, that dad love loves you in, uh, in, in spite of what you are. Yeah, he's the, yeah, 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 in spite of what you are. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, My they, dad, want, they, they, they want to see you grow, and so they give you that tough yeah. love. They do. My, my father was like, he's the ultimate alpha male. He, he was uh, always uh, like uh, an incredible athlete. You know, was all, all through high school, he ran track soccer, obviously, you know, huge in any other country. You know, Russia, you know, uh, Ukraine, where my father was born. Soccer is huge. You know, obviously my dad plays soccer. He did gymnastics, you know. And Here in I America, was, when we kick and, balls, we're talking about jackass. We I'm, don't even know. And I just, like, got spoiled by, like, my grandma and, like, my aunts. Like, always, like, food is, like, religious in my family. So I was, like, the chunky kid that couldn't run for shit, you know. Like, like uh, I was, like, the last one to get picked for the soccer team, you know, type shit. So... My dad was always, I think, just a little bit disappointed. Like, he's always trying to make me exercise. I'm like, I never wanted to do it. I think I'm in better shape now as an adult that, you know, I ride my bike everywhere. Like, but I'm not the type to, like, go to the gym and work out and do reps. Fuck. No. Like, is that all? I think it's awesome. Like, I got a buddy that's huge now. He, he was skinny. You know, I think it's awesome people that do it, but it's not for me. You know, and I know what's for me, and you're right. My my dad loves me. He loves me. He's fight all that, and he's just like now coming around, like to the whole thing, like, oh, you write poetry, like he's heard someone because I think like it's people like him maybe that I write for because he's not the type. He's the type to like talk about sports and stuff. He's not the type of man to just like be like discussing poetry, and you know. I make it such a this big huge deal, you know, uh, because it's important. It's it's my passion, uh, and I think he's starting to realize that, that how you know maybe it's okay to be pick something different, you know, and that's epic, man. Yeah, you know that's epic because uh, and if that's all that I am able to accomplish, I <laughs> all that. Uh, whatever I do is, then that's, you know, if I can change one person's mind that, like, going down that other road is not necessarily a bad, it's not necessarily, a like, this horrible choice. You know, it's just not for everyone. I think that's the message we can send them home with, man, is take that road less traveled. And take that, take that road less traveled if you don't, but you will be scrutinized, you will be criticized, like, you know, but if you don't let it phase you, and, and if you do have the passion with whatever art you're doing, you know, do it for yourself, do it for the people, don't worry about making money, don't worry about, you know, doing it uh, for any other reason except to heal and yourself and inspire others. Create for the sake of creation. Don't be scared to make yourself vulnerable, you yeah. know? Don't be scared. Like, everybody's got a freaking poem, but I haven't heard only maybe 
a few people like Wyatt and a couple other people I've seen go on stage and actually do a poem. They don't know who that is. I'm Ruse around these parts. Oh, I, I apologize. <laughs> ruse, Ruse. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, Ruse, you know, he. I, I love that fall you did, by the way. Like, that's, I like that because you did something different. Like, oh, that so what, stunt they, fall so you what, did. So what he's I, talking I, about is at awesome. the very end of my set, I was standing on top of a table in the middle of the room, and I just... I, I did it in the moment. I wasn't planning this. I don't like go everywhere yeah. thinking I'm gonna fall. <laughs> I just, he, I was like, you know what would look cool right now, and I just took the ball. Literally, I just, just right free dropped. Like I would've been scared shitless to do it like like off a chair of tenacity, and somehow he like fell right and didn't hurt himself. <laughs> and I'm just like, nah, fuck that. I have no training. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, like 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 it was awesome. So, but that. Let me just say, there's yeah. one piece of media that people can find. It's called Con Artist. <laughs> if you look up Ruse Con Artist on YouTube, you can find it. At the very end of that video, I do a fall that I could never replicate. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's on pavement. Like, and I perfect. fell perfectly flat on the ground. Like, I'm standing, I fell. And it's just such a photogenic fall. Like, it makes perfect sense when you watch it. It almost looks like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah. I could have cracked my skull. It was on pavement. So I'm just saying, folks, if you want to see how good I am at falling, go and watch Con Artist Ruse. Go there go look go. that up. I, it, it, that, that ain't easy, man, to fall properly. I, I think I learned that when I was professional wrestling with my friends as a kid. I think that I learned, like, oh, I can't just fall wrong. I'll break my back. <laughs> I have to do this right. That, that's awesome, dude. And see, that's the same. That's the, just it, man. You, you thought of that at the spur of the moment, but you did it. To like, to entertain for the to, sake to, of creation, to capture people's attention. But not even just that. Just, it's that I know that that's a more powerful performance. I'm not is. even thinking about the fact that these people, they like this is more better for them. I'm thinking, this is better for the sake of art. You you hit them with that me metaphorical sledgehammer that I'm talking about, yeah. man. You you can't just you know back in Robert Frost days, you could just tap people on the shoulder because life was moving slower. They didn't have internet, they didn't have cell phones, they didn't have, you know, you could stop by by the snowy woods. But nowadays, nobody freaking walks around the snowy woods anymore. You know, like, I, I'm not sure, uh, like an Eskimo or something. You know, they're, they're fucking, there's Polar no, bears. they can't relate to that language. Not everyone. Some people can. I mean, just, but the, the, the masses can't relate to that language, therefore they can't relate to the idea. So, but... Here's the kicker. Poetry is cool. It's really cool. It always has been cool. I, I'm just trying to prove that point. That it can be cool. So when you hear someone say like, oh, I write poetry, like you 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 haven't met anyone like me. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I'm just a Flint kid, man. I'm, I'm just a, 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 a little Russian kid who grew up in Flint. And I've seen all this ugly devastating shit and i've i you know i had so um i just you know and I, but, but i still i i um and so i know that you know it, things can be portrayed you know in a different way you know i you know people say out, out of the box I and mean, it's not even out of, there is no box there is no like there there's I know that there's things that I still haven't even realized yet that, you know, and I've, I think I've come further than any, 
uh, like at least poet artists that I know, maybe as as far as like um, kind of revolutionizing the genre in a different way, you know. A pioneer knows no bounds, my friend. All right, poetry is cool. Let's prove that together. Poetry you and I. is really cool. Let's and, do you know, it. it was cool. It was cool when Edgar Allen was doing it. It was cool when, uh, you know, uh, the, you know the, the the poems they wrote about the Revolutionary War. The, but poetry has always been a relevant genre. Don't be scared to read your guys' stuff. You know, you, you know that. Uh, the 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 free verse the 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 people that the people right off the top of your head whatever don't don't be afraid to make yourselves vulnerable guys nobody freaking cares but by, by the way they either they're either gonna get inspired by it or they're not gonna care you know it, it, it's do it for yourself yeah do it for yourself some of the most talented people never made any money. <laughs> yeah. And you know why? Because they took the road less traveled. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the money. It was about, it was about the road. And it should always be about the road, folks. It's about the journey, all right? When you wake up tomorrow, it's not about what you're doing later. It's about what you're doing right now. It's about how do I feel after I wake up? How do I feel in the next five, ten minutes? How do I feed into this moment so that it feeds into the future, all right? It's always happening. And so all we can do is feed into that. All we can do is be present. That's it. That's it. That's all yeah. we can do. And, yeah, be, and I think that contribute your presence. Contribute your presence into whatever you're doing. Find Car a way to translate that Carpe presence. DM. Yeah, carpe diem. And then let's, let's prove to them that poetry is cool. I think that we're in that one together. You know what I mean? But I think that, uh, you know, carpe diem, but huh, carpe diem's been done. Let's say it in a different way. Yeah. Like, you know, I've, I've, had, I've actually had critics scrutinize me for why well, I, I think the one one guy said that it was elementary that i personify emotions or personify um uh you know like i like i did like um i really got to wrap this up here it, in a second you know i just don't be afraid to do it your own way yeah thank you very much guys yeah man thank you for having me thank you for or having me <laughs> That's so funny. Thank you for coming by. I'm so used to people Absolutely. saying that after thank, thank I... <laughs> you so much for doing this with me, man. Why? Yeah. I, I, I really, I just, I, you know, I, I see how many amazing, talented people you've had on your show, man. And I'm just lucky to be one, one of the guys. I'm just lucky to be relevant enough to even be invited, man. Like, Hey, man, man you're as relevant as you are in your own mind. Believe it. You know, I, it doesn't matter there's there's no point in time where there is true success right it, it's that's not real it's just a matter of changing that one person like you said that's the reality is if you can make that one single difference that's the true success that's relevance it's knowing that you're able to even you're able to even exist and i can message you and know you're a poet and you're able to come through here that is the that is the confirmation that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing like there's nothing beyond that and yeah, so to me, it's not, just absolutely. working. And it's just knowing that I'm putting in what I can put in. I'm contributing that presence, that myself, that me, that, that me that no one else can be. You know, that's what I am. And I, ho I, I hope, I hope to God that if there's anything that I can do, if there's any life I can change, it's just that I can prove to people that 
everyone can be them. There's an, there's an authentic them. There's an authentic version of themselves that is unfiltered, that's raw, that just needs the proper, the proper <laughs> lubrication to come right out. And that's all it is, folks. And uh, maybe you just haven't talked to the right person. Maybe you haven't heard the right advice. Maybe no one pushed you the right direction. Maybe, maybe no one ever said, hey, you know what? That is cool, that thing you do. So I just want everybody to know that, like, follow that thread. Do that thing. Be you. No one else is going to be you but you. Tell your story because no one else even knows where that story begins. All right, man. Thanks so much for being thank, here. Thank you, Wyatt. Thank you guys thank you. so much or for thank, watching. Thank Ruse, Ruse. 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 Thank you, Ruse. Yeah, I'm they're going to go steal my social security now. <laughs> I, I know you're going to edit this. Right? Maybe not. I don't know. I, I, no, I, I usually leave it all in, I to mean, be honest. I definitely cut your name. Uh, it's up to you. Maybe I'll throw in some bleeps. You know? You know? Yeah, you could. Yeah, maybe. Are you going to bleep out the curse words? Or? No. Oh, that would totally ruin your poem. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be a poem. Right. All right, folks. Boom. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Thank guys, go do guys. something awesome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to any... Thank you guys for listening to this whole episode. Thank you for listening to my other episodes. Thank you for sitting here and listening to anything I had to say. I mean, I'm happy to hear You're what brilliant. you have to say, man. You're brilliant, You're brilliant man. I, and and truly, truly, I mean that. I, I, I Rarely do I get to have someone in here that meets me where I'm at with poetry. And I truly believe that you did that today. We, we, uh, nobody, I'm never able to connect on this level. So no, I'm really happy we had this conversation. That's enough confirmation for me. That's, that's <laughs> you, just you saying that makes me want to keep writing. I love to hear that. Yeah, man. With all that being said, folks. Radio. Clocking out.